Hello, Counter-Strike World. Welcome back. We did a podcast yesterday and we're doing another one today. So thank you for coming back to HLTV Confirmed, brought to you by Extrafire. Had to get that one in there. And this is going to be episode number 16, I do believe. Now, on today's show, there's no striker, uh, but I'm going to give you a quick little synopsis of what we're going to be talking about. We do have a guest. It's Art. We'll talk to him in a minute. Profs here. Lucas is here, but we're going to be talking about Sergey being out of ants. We've got uh, Godson actually benching Crystal, Fallen leaking his rosters, potentially. Uh, we're going to be talking about Brazilian Counter-Strike, of course, and the tournaments that have been going on. we got some Flashpoint, we got some IAM Beijing, obviously there's some Blast coming up. We'll try and cover everything we can. Now we can talk to the regulars. Lucas, make sure you say hi to everyone. Hello, guys. Now, you need like a catchphrase, I think, Lucas. you want to work on something, or maybe next time you can present to the class a, a catchphrase? I'll I'll try to think of something. Isn't right. it I'm fired or something? Isn't that that's the probably the catchphrase? Yeah. Hello probably. guys, I'm not <laughs> fired yet. Okay, that's good. So Lucas is still here. Things are working today, surprisingly. Prof, um, I did have a question for you. Fuck, I forgot what it was. It was going to be a good one. I'm sure. I'm sure it was going to be a really, really good. Have, I've lost it. I've completely blanked on it. Prof, say something I'm, funny. I'm actually like I was just thinking that you used to ask all of these cool questions, but this is just like with a girlfriend i guess like you're putting in the effort early now you're just kind of coasting you don't really care anymore so stop going to the I'm, gym I'm, i i notice and i'm disappointed that's all i'm, <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself because i know that i had a decent question but i've forgotten what it was it was probably something to do with a candle again um anyway uh we don't have striker today so just quickly he's off uh actually he mentioned this i don't know if he mentioned it on air he's doing some counter-strike is it casting like, i don't know like a check analyst desk i think okay so he's, still, he's, he's working on counter not with us here today and we do have art now what i want to do is i want to roll the bumper and then we'll introduce him to everybody at home so lucas hit it All right, let's get this one underway. We have today for you a very, very special guest. He's got his feet on the European soil right now. It is none other than the in-game leader of Furia. It is Art. Art, how are you going, mate? Hello, hello. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Did we lose him start. already? Yes. Okay. So we knew that we had a couple of little technical issues covered into this. The hotel Wi-Fi, not always <laughs> uh, the best friend. So let's try again. Let me try again. Yeah, I think we're back. I'm going to do the intro again, Art. You ready? This one here. <laughs> the explosive, entry-fragging, in-game, Lydia, Lydia, wait, hold up, one more time. <clears throat> the explosive, entry-fragging, in-game leader from Furia, it's Art. Hi, Art. <laughs> Hello, guys. Hello. There we go. All right. One of the worst intros. Like No, it was a great intro. <laughs> and, I, and I was there for counterfeits for that. <laughs> Put your cans in the air so just just oh shit. all right well uh we've got you here we've been able to snag you we've been able to tear this one up um now you're in europe right now we're going to get to the whole traveling part of things but but how is life in general Are you getting getting into good practice things looking good yes uh, practicing you know europe is always a good experience a lot of teams a lot of players it's always good so look we know where you are you're in serbia right now we've seen you guys in blast but we'll, we'll run through this a little bit more uh in in order of the year so for those people who haven't been paying a huge amount of attention to what's been going on with furia north american counter-strike you guys are the top dogs not only are you the best team in brazil you're probably the best team in north america right now even though you're not there some people might argue the whole eg situation but you guys have been getting the better of them in recent times now do you want to talk about that run the fact that you guys have, have been such a force to be reckoned with in north america 
Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say our team, like our plan of playing the game, like the way we play, it's uh, easier for us to play teams like uh, Liquid and EG. So I think we kind of just have like a upper hand on NA because those are like the only teams that we could face that are like uh, like higher level teams. And when we play like uh, teams that were smaller, like Chaos or even New England, they're teams that uh, give us a lot of uh, uh, hard times as well. So I think that just the way we play, it's uh, easier to play against those teams. Okay, so I think if people aren't too familiar with the play style and especially what, what you bring to the table, right? A lot of hyper-aggression and we ask you questions about this on the broadcast in, in post-game interviews. And the answer that you always tend to give is, yeah, these moves, we always have um, things behind it to set up my teammates. So that type of play, especially against the Liquid and EGs of the world, do you think like when you're doing that, you're frustrating the fuck out of them? <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Uh, I think it has. And I think uh, their game plan is just get a little... Uh, harder to do. But why do they have such a hard time against you, do you think? like Because it, it's quite clear that Furia, at least in the last couple of matchups against EG, have, have had their number. What, why aren't they able to adapt to you guys? Or is it that you guys continue to adapt and they're just playing catch-up? Yeah, I think using those words like adapting or just uh, countering, they're, they're easy to say and easy to think about, but sure. to actually execute them in the game is quite hard because you never know what's coming. And uh, at any time we can just play defaults and if they're just planning to hold angles and wait for us to push, and most of the time we're not pushing. If you actually watch us play, like if you download demos, there are some games that we don't actually play any aggressive than any other team. So uh, I think it's quite hard to know in the game what's happening. And uh, it's not like so easy to just counter that. Yeah, so it's a bit of a mental edge that you have over the opponent in a way as well, because you, you're going to catch them off guard if you're changing up the play style all the time. Now, uh, one of the things as part of this this run that you guys have had in North America, I think, has been Henny having a really good year, right? Um, with him popping off in that way, is that something that you expected to happen when you picked him up? Was he always going to be a star player or, or what was kind of the thought process with Henny? I think that's easy to answer because Henny has always been like a good aimer, like in the sense that he's a good uh, shooting people. And uh, when you put some player like that, like that on the team and just give like him freedom to play a city in positions that he's gonna have to kill and nothing, nothing else, I think we kind of knew that he could uh, uh, have such an impact in the game. And mostly for city side because we're not like a team as T that uh, has much space for the upper to play. So he thrives in the city sides, and I think that we expect that because Alp is too strong, man, and Henny with Alp is way stronger. Okay, now, um, Prof, like in terms of their North American run, do you have anything that sticks out to you to ask Art about? I think about just, just talk, touching on Henny a bit more, like uh, knowing like his past and like the Mortals team, which was also pretty aggressive, but in a different way, I guess. Uh, looking at him now, looking at the stats, like he, he is not a very aggressive opper. Was that something like when he was coming in that he was aware of that the way he was going to slot in into the lineup or was it more of a kind of you brought him in the team and then you're trying out things and figuring out how it would all work out, right? How, how did the actual framing of him in the team work? Actually, uh, there was a lot of things happening when he joined the team and we actually just like, like the public, I did not have a, an idea how Henny played, and I was surprised because he's one of the like the 
most safe players I ever know. Like he's even safe. he beats Martin Casarato. That's what I mean. He's just as low. So uh, everybody thinks that Henny is like aggressive because his play style is explosive. When he's confident, he's pushing everywhere and just picking. But his usually play style is a little bit more passive. He just goes out and goes crazy when he's confident and hitting shots. And that's like a very good. Uh, a perk to have as an upper because when you are hitting shots and you are just feeling confident, you're gonna wreck everybody because it's just so strong. And I think that that's like the how I see Henny. He's like a passive player on the inside, but when he feels confident and he's in a good position, he explodes. You know. So and I think the most part I was not uh, put him to play like us in game. That was like a process that uh, took months. But uh, I think the harder part, the hardest part was like outside of the game to put uh, him on our mindset because we have been playing uh, with the same teammates and together we know each other so much because we play like three years together and he's just coming from another school of CS because he played with other teammates and they are like older players and they have different mindsets and that was the hard part to adapt him to our team the way we think the way we play the way we like to see the game and that was like the hardest part okay now uh, I, I think he had, I, I had one to do with the North American scene still that you guys playing all these tournaments back to back always seem to still be fired up and and you know there's always a lot of um i, I guess you guys wear your heart on the sleeve right you see what it means to you guys you even had gary shaving off his beard after you guys finally took down eg how, how do you guys give yourself like little goals to keep you motivated or because it doesn't feel like um eg and liquid have been able to do the, the same thing right they've been at the top previously like 2019 for liquid and towards the tail end of that year for for the eg boys um and for you guys obviously you splashed onto the scene at that face it event um but then in this year you've always like continued to play at such a high level what's what's going on there how do you motivate yourself uh, I think that's like a personal question more than like a team question because I think everybody has a different way of motivation, uh, like uh, inner motivation. For me, uh, I think I, I never have to worry about that or I don't even think about that because I don't feel like I have accomplished anything in, like in CS. I, I feel like we are like a good team, maybe like Taiwan team, but I don't feel like I have accomplished anything. So I never felt that I could like slow down. I never did that. And because I and because I never slow down, I never have to motivate to get back up because I always try my best. Yeah. So I think that problem happens when you you are like a top team. Like uh, Liquid has been like a number one team in the world. Uh, Astralis, uh, even like uh, a lot of teams has, they, they have accomplished uh, bigger things. Like uh, even the MyBR, the SK, SK team. I think when you get there to the tier one, top one team, uh, and you have accomplished so much, I think that's when you start to get like motivational issues or just having to do something else to get uh, on track. Okay. So I think what we can do right now for those people who are not too familiar, obviously you guys have made the trip over to Europe. Now you played in, in Blast. We'll touch on that uh, in a moment. But was there any real concerns from you or the team uh, when it came to traveling during this COVID time? Or, or did you guys want to get over to Europe and start playing with the big boys? I think concerns always happens because it's a situation that's never happened and we kind of knew that's a good thing to travel, but we kind of needed to travel and we just chose to stay here to not travel anymore. We could have uh, go back to NA to play Beijing and we chose not to because it's just uh, easier and safer for us to stay here and play every tournament here until the end of the year. It's like a small risk to come here, but just here is just as risky as staying in the United States or at your house. Yeah. It doesn't really change uh, where you are. 
just traveling it's not that risky one time and we just took that risk because playing on Europe was uh, a goal for us because there's a lot of more tournaments here happening than on the uh, United States. Okay, so so with that travel, I, I don't want to dive into stuff that's too personal here, but I, I've seen on like, say, Kay Serrato's Instagram, for example, I, I think like his girlfriend's there with him. I'm not sure. I, I'm assuming based off the Instagram photos. Um, but like, ha have you guys basically moved your, like the family that you guys had built in Florida just over to Europe for this time? Because I assume you're going to be in Europe until the end of the year, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's going to be in Europe, uh, until the end of December, uh, when I actually go back to Brazil. Okay. Uh, and actually we don't really have like a family in the United States. We kind of just live together. And, uh, I think, uh, just Vinny has a girlfriend in the United States. Everybody else has been away from girlfriends and family for over a year now because uh, we could not tra travel back to Brazil in July. That was like the, the break. We could not travel because we do not be able to come back to the United States because of the pandemic. And then we just, uh, some of the guys and even me, myself, we we bring the girlfriends to here to see them because just for a while and just to to be together with someone after so much time yeah. and then that's it. Okay. So the, now you've obviously gone to Serbia, right? Was the, the decision like gone to Serbia because the MIBR guys had been there or you guys already had contacts over there? It was just an easy place to get into. Was there much reason for the choice of, of Serbia? No, no, Serbia is out of like the Schengen list. Yes. And so it's easier to go in and go out if you need, yeah, like have open borders. I, I think Europe doesn't have open borders for US. So I think it's going to be like a more trouble to go to any other uh, country here than Serbia. Now, uh, now that you were, you're over there, I guess we can start focusing on uh, the tournament that you played in, which was Blast. And uh, it, it didn't go as well as what I'm sure you would hope. Now, before you guys have played in that event, how much time did you have on European soil to kind of acclimatize? We have a lot of time. I think we had like two weeks, maybe. That was okay. a lot of time. Now, uh, in that event, uh, Prof, you might need to help me out here, uh, but you guys bombed out in last place in the, in the group, was, right? Yeah, lost to G2 yeah, and MIBR. Yeah, so so those losses right there, you've obviously gone back, you, you've watched the demo. Now, the MIBR one is is probably the one that's going to stick out to a lot of uh, the viewers and people at home because it was that, that newer roster. I guess the same thing for, for G2. But when you watch those games back, when you look at it, do you think that, um, oh, and maybe you picked this up in practice, but is that like a shock to the system that the play style that was working for you in North America, it maybe won't work in Europe? Like you guys have hit that wall before or was it other problems that you guys diagnosed from those games? Uh, actually, I can say it's other problems, but it's actually uh, the same problems we have faced before. I always had uh, problems uh, having consistency against uh, smaller teams. I think that's most because uh, smaller teams, like uh, even the MMBR and G2 because they change players and they don't have like a, a game plan that we know of. And we try to face those teams with the mindset that we can just play more default and less aggressive because we can just try to see what's happening and try to in the game, just uh, start things out. And for the most part, uh, sometimes and it happens a lot for us. And we're trying to find a ways to to uh, fix that. Uh, that we just play default and it doesn't work. And we have a lot of time, a lot of uh, hard time uh, winning on defaults. And I, I think that's like uh, it's funny because uh, we have an aggressive play style, and when we chose not to, it's like actually bite us in the, <laughs> you know, because uh, I think we have like a hard time just playing defaults. 
uh, and we have to work on that because when we don't play aggressive, we struggle a little. Okay. Now, uh, I, I think for, for, for people at home who are seeing this new MMPR team coming through and seeing the names in that roster and then to see you guys still losing, uh, especially, you know, considering how much time they'd had to practice and everything, the, the problems are probably considered to be, um, I don't know the best way to put this. Like that that's one of the most unexpected losses I think that everybody would have been seeing because of like the history and because of, like you guys have been getting the better of that entire region and it wasn't even a, a team who was outside the region it was just some new faces. Um, I wouldn't mind I'll save this because we're going to dive into talking about North uh, sorry South American Counter-Strike a lot later in the show. Um, but you guys are in the showdown, right? For for Blast now which is coming up is it a week? Is it in a week's time I think it is? Five days, I think. 23. Five days. Okay. So you've had, you know, you've had a bit of practice in between those two events and looking forward to that. Have you guys been, I don't want to ask how prac results have been going, but have things looking up? Like are, you, are things starting to work out now in Europe, in the in the practice realms? Yeah, practicing for us is always easier. Yeah. Uh, I felt like when we played the last event and we bombed out, I think the matches, uh, many of the rounds we lost or even the mindset of the game, well, it's just off for us. I think the players are just feeling some kind of pressure for some reason, and we are just not being confident as speaking. And uh, when we start losing and losing rounds, I think we just could not handle to be aggressive again. Like I myself was not playing so aggressive because I was thinking I will not commit many mistakes. I, I will let them commit mistakes because they are like the the team that's changing roster and going through rough times. Because it be harder for them to to play against us. And I kind of, that was like a bad mindset for for me to take on the games. I think we, we, for now, we should have played uh, against these kind of teams the same way we play against everybody else. We're just going to play our game and and, and just deal with, with everything else in the game. Uh, okay. What what was the other question? I think to ask her something else. Yeah, no, it's all right. I'm all I, over I, I can, right I can now, add but... then a question. Like, why do you think the, that you struggle playing like these default rounds then? Because it kind of comes down to it does it come down to like the individual skill of your players compared to like uh, other teams like if you look at someone like g2 that is a, probably one of the most individually stacked rosters we have even the new mibr is also pretty skilled is it the skill or is it just like the individual micro movements of the players that you work better when you have like a aggressive plan that you want to execute on the map even on the ct side and then play off of that like why do you think the default approach doesn't work that well for you guys uh, that's a very deep question. Uh, I have to think back when we, we uh, joined the team together. Uh, if you actually see the guys that we have from the way back then, uh, me, Casarato, we are like no-namers, even Yuri. Casarato ha had like two matches on HLTV and his rating was uh, below one. He was like eight, nine, eight, eight, nine, uh, below one rating. And everybody on our team was like just unknown in the scene. Nobody was like a good team. We did not buy out any anybody. We just like a team that's trying like a shot in the dark. And when you have a team like that, you're gonna face like uh, teams that have like big names and have huge contracts. Like in the beginning, I think the mentality for me was we have to play different. Otherwise, uh, we're just gonna get wrecked. We cannot play default against Astralis because Astralis has, has like amazing lineup. They have playing the same defaults for years and years. They have like a, a good team. They have win championships, been together more time than us. So if you just play them like a, a even game, they're gonna excel because they played like that every time. So we're gonna we have to play different, and because we don't know how good we are, we have to play different than other, others just to 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 get to win. 
And I think that mindset worked so well for us in the beginning that uh, we just kind of kind of just played like that. And playing defaults for us was never like a thing we kind of uh, like to do. And with time, we just kind of never did that. And when we try to do that, I think we we don't feel comfortable. And when when uh, people like pro players don't feel comfortable doing something, they're gonna play bad. Doesn't matter if you are like Nico or you like simple. If you are playing uh, like you you give simple a bison, he's not gonna hit shots. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> so he's not gonna be good. So I think when you are not comfortable doing something, you play worse. So I think that's like an aspect of uh, how you play and how you feel in the game. Okay. Now uh, I I wanted to talk about. One of the things that we we hear a lot with North American teams when they go over okay, to Europe. I think I, I'm going again. Uh oh, have we lost him, Lucas? He's just frozen. Keep talking. Kind of it's gonna be a, it's yeah. gonna be like a th- twenty second probably break. Right. Well, we can just wait. We can just fill some water. We can do the egg. Oh, he's actually gone. He dropped out of the the video feed as well here. So I see uh, we have like a lot of Brazilian people in chat. I think one person is actually translating live, which okay. is amazing. If that's Someone's... happening, can someone just yeah. Well, there's so much spam uh so we're gonna wait and see if we can get art back on the line he did say he might have to dip downstairs but that's where all the teammates are so we'll have to wait and see uh while we wait for this to happen which uh i, I suppose could take any amount of time we got lucas working on that prof we might just quickly dig in and have to go off the rails here uh and we can we actually can... like uh do a small presentation of the giveaway right? oh yeah we can do we that can do we that. can do some lovely product placement here for everybody so if, you, if you're not familiar, Here we go. Uh, where are we? We got it? Okay. Oh, Art's back as well. So see that mouse right there that Prof has just shown? We are sponsored by ExtraFi now, and they've given us a bunch of goodies to give away. And the way that we're going to be giving it away today, that mouse, uh, is that once we get to the end of the show to playtime, we're going to go through your questions. And uh, whichever question Art thinks was the best question, they're going to win the mouse. We'll work it out. But that's a long ways away. Art, are you back? I hope so. <laughs> there we go. See, this is all right. We can we can work with this. Okay, so we were uh, just, I think we were just segueing into a new question. So that's not too shabby whatsoever. I was asking about um, you know, how the, the adaptation for North American teams coming to Europe, and we always talk about it on the broadcast or on shows like this. We're like, yeah, you know, you, you can't get away with the same amount of um, bullshit, right? Like if you overpeak a corner that you would, you know, or if you'd go for a repeak when you should have like hidden and fallen back, that you get punished in Europe a lot more for those type of mistakes. But do you think you guys are kind of immune to that because your play style is so like off meta? You're not playing the same as everybody else. It doesn't, those same rules don't apply to you guys. I actually lost half of the sentence because my internet connection uh, okay. again dropped. I can and try I again. If it happens again, I will just go downstairs to, to my gaming, my PC. So it doesn't happen again. Okay. Hopefully. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try one more time. So in, in North America or Australia or Asia, when they go to Europe to play against the best teams in the world, they tend to get punished a lot harsher for their mistakes. But I was saying because Furia plays such an off meta style, do you feel that you guys are immune to that kind of issue? Uh, I think immune, it's a, like a very strong word. I think we I, I actually don't think there's like such a difference between EG, Liquid and the European teams. I think like the smaller teams, they have a difference because Europe has a lot of tier 2 teams uh, that are way stronger than some tier 1 teams even. They're just like getting better. And uh, NA don't have those teams. You have like uh, smaller teams that are not so good. Uh, and I think that's the main difference. When you, when I face EG or Liquid, I don't feel like they're like different or bad or bad or like worse than European teams. I think that's like a, just a image that the public has. But 
if you put to the same to, to play on Europe, they're gonna just play the same as those Euro. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is he gone? He's gone. Yeah. All right. So Art's gonna go downstairs. He's gonna change location. Any teams? Oh. 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 Drop it again? No way. Yeah, just momentarily, and then it stopped, <laughs> and then it started again. No way. I have All to right. go back to my PC then. All right, we'll wait for you. We'll fill the air and then we'll get you back on as quickly as possible. So Lucas will send you all the details you need. And what we'll do is we're going to quickly segue yeah. over to uh, the, the recent news while you're setting everything up and then we'll jump back into some questions when you get back with us. Okay, uh, so just we'll, five minutes over back. We'll see yeah. you shortly. Now, Lucas, play the recent news bumper because we'll move along. And uh, I think the questions that we were doing with Art in the hot seat, we will get back to towards the end of the show. All right, we're back. Arch is going to go rejig a computer and get a stable internet connection. And Prof and I are going to continue forward with the show. So once we get Art back, we'll speak about their end of year goals. We'll talk about the sixth man. We'll talk about the secondary roster. We'll do all that later. But let's keep her moving for now. And if you guys have missed the recent news, uh, we're going to be kicking it off with Sergey uh, benched in Ent. Now, that was just yesterday, I believe, that one broke. And uh, Sergey has cited the lack of motivation and decided to step down from the active roster in order to fulfill his Finnish military service duties. That's great. I've just read the headline from the website. So that's really, really good. That makes my life nice. easy. Um, nice. Now, we'll, there's multiple parts to this, but uh, Sadiex, is that, how, how are we going to say that guy's name? Sadiex? Sadiex? Probably Sadiex. Yeah, okay. Well, he's had uh, a player from SJ who's going to be taking uh, his spot uh, as a stand-in for the time being. But if you don't, if you're not up to date on what's been happening with Ents, uh, they just added Doto after Ariel stepped down. They just brought in Saw as as the coach, uh, who was the in-game leader of Harvu previously with Doto on that team. So uh, things are things are pretty fucked over in the Finnish camp right now, aren't they, Prof? Yeah, this is uh, Doto literally played two games yeah. with the roster before the roster change practically happening. I mean, the Sadi. X, Daddy X, Sadakist, whatever. Uh, he's on loan currently from SJ, so it's not even sure that this is going to be the lineup. I think Ens said in the statement at the end that you Sponge didn't get to that part. They said that they're going to decide about the roster like end of year or something. So, it's and no in rush, the previous, really. and in the previous uh, like statement when they signed Dodo, they mentioned that they considered going international, but then. Stick stuck to finish, uh, to a finish lineup. But who knows? Maybe with this uh, this happening with Sergey stepping down, maybe they rethink that and and explore that kind of an option. Still, four plus one is never good, I'd say. But yeah. you never know. Well, Alu is the only player uh, left from the team that made it uh, deep in the major run, right? Like everybody yeah. else is is gone. So, uh, look, I I don't know, I. When I read the news initially, an 18-year-old kid deciding to go and do his military service over playing professional Counter-Strike, I mate, there's got to be something off there. Like oh, he hasn't been, Sergei hasn't been playing his best CS pretty much since Alexi was gone, um, and I get maybe just too young to deal with with half of this bullshit. Like they've they've been under the scrutiny since that that point because nobody thought removing Alexi was the right decision other than the team like i would say that nobody in the community would have thought that was a good idea and and result wise it was a fucking terrible idea like they have they've been struggling since 
and he was meant to be one of the stars of this team. And now he's just gone, yeah, I'm going to go do my military service instead of playing. Like, I know that everybody in Finland has to do it, but I was reading a comment on on one of the posts and it was saying you don't have to fulfill it until you're 28 or something like that. Yeah, there's definitely ways to delay it. Like, it's not like all of these guys went instantly when they felt like got to 18. Uh, there's no way. So he surely could have gone on, but maybe with everything, like with the team being as it is, he thought, okay, maybe it's time to to just do something else. Like for some time there have been posts on 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 forums on Reddit about like Sergey's hours in the game and like his steam was public at the time. I don't never believe that like hundred percent because you never know if someone's playing on an alternative account or whatever. But he was having like fifteen hours in two weeks or ten hours in two weeks of CSGO, which is literally probably that's not even practice. Like so if he just in general didn't feel like playing CS, then maybe it makes sense. I think at a young age it does, right? Like maybe he can just yeah. At eighteen, if you're gonna take the time off, it's probably now a better time than any. But um like it's shocking because he was like the thirteenth best player of twenty nineteen. Yeah. And this year his average is like a zero point ninety eight rating. And that is most of these events like last year he he was playing like finals, semifinals, playing losing to Astralis, right? Now he's Average zero ninety eight, losing to like Mad Lions. Right? Yeah, so it's uh, pretty worrying. Well, I I think here that uh, if you just take a look at the trajectory of Ents, things are going to have to get worse before they get better. Anyway, even with the addition of Dota, they would have had to have put in a lot of hard work to get the team up to snub. Uh, they were probably going to completely change their approach, and if Sergey wasn't feeling motivated to to play it, um, it's probably a good thing for the betterment of that team. But I just constantly turn my mind back to the fact that the decisions that they've made, like when they had the six-man roster and they were going to keep X7, um, I thought that was like all right because if it didn't work out with Ariel and X7's positions, they just put X7 back and then X7 ended up getting fucked. It's like the decisions that Ents have made have all been bad choices. Like you couldn't argue yeah. that they've been good choices. It's we really weird how they managed to like at all points seemingly... Like, it's easy to say that in hindsight. Like, it's easy to say yeah. in hindsight, oh, you should have done. But if you do, like, three moves, and in hindsight, all of them are wrong, then, it, like, it's it's hard to say that that is just, like, un unlucky with picking stuff. It has to be something about the way you're doing the decisions that's simply not not good. Not, I don't know what else to say, right? Yeah. Hello, guys. I'm back. Hey, there really, we go. Really sorry about that. No, no problems, man. It's all good. Sometimes this shit happens. It's technical issues. It, it happens all the time, but it's good. I'm glad we got you back. Thank you for for running downstairs. Much appreciated. <laughs> um, we've just been talking. We'll come back to the to the hot seat questions a bit later in the show. We've moved on to the recent news now, just to catch you up. We've been talking about Sergey um, stepping from, out of Ents. Do you have any thoughts about Ents or this roster move or, or anything along those lines? Uh, to be honest, I just saw the the news uh, today. I think I was just too focused on on practicing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think he he left uh, like he, he was his, his choice, right? Yeah, he was talking about military service. That's the one. Oh, I don't know. I think that the the Ains lineup is a pretty solid one. I think if they make up uh, like uh, to be a solid team to practice and being together, I think they can be a very good team. Yeah, and that's half the problem and what we were discussing there because uh, things were 
starting to, to look a little bit better in the sense of they have Sonny, right? He's obviously previously in his career staff ragger. We know that Alou is a, is a very good, competent opera. Yampi is, is very explosive as a player, and he's starting to bring some good impact on entries. Then they just added uh, Doto, who looks like he was going to be more of a supportive, more passive player for the team, which is probably something they needed. And that meant that Sergei uh, would get most of his rifling roles and positions. But uh, we touched on the fact that he's only 18 and that if he's not feeling motivation for the game, stepping down now you know, might be a good choice. But it just seems like a shame because Entz, they've finally completely retooled their team. It feels like a completely fresh project. And it's just, it's, it's just not going to happen. We're not going to see them playing in the future. So um, we don't know how this is going to end up. We're going to have to wait and see. I don't even know what Entz's next event is. Do they have anything They're coming up They're doing DreamHack Winter. The okay. event where Fury is also playing there and uh, Liquid, I think. Like it's yes. pretty, it's pretty stacked. So. Yeah, it's gonna be rough for them to play without like Sergey. He's was like, like kind of like star player for them. It's gonna be very tough. Yeah, yes. to replace that with. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone. they have. They have a player to to replace uh, yet. He's just a, listed as a stand-in at this stage. So he's from SJ. We didn't know how to say his name. It was Sadix, maybe, or, or uh, something along those lines. I don't know how you pronounce it, but either way. Uh, it, it's just listed as a stand-in. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, what we'll do is we'll keep the recent news moving along here. We've got another one to do with the benching, uh, but this is to do with Godsent benching Crystal. Now, we had spoken about, we'd spoken to Crystal earlier in the year. Um, we'd spoken about this rumored news, the fact that maybe Emmy was standing um, in for them at some point. And there's even been rumors, uh, not standing in, but playing for them. And there's even been rumors about the team being bought by FPX. But now he's finally been benched and made a statement about it. Did did you read it, Prof? Uh, did he have a full statement? I think I it was just a tweet. I think it was just a, I think just it was just like then. the I, I, the the sentiment that he gave was like, I'm fucked again. <laughs> why, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Um, which is like a fair sentiment to have because he is fucked again and it happened again after all of these times. But it's uh, just the thing that I guess be, teams will always do to a guy that is on his level uh, number-wise, uh, regardless of everything that he does on, on the server when they think that they need something else to break through a plateau, which Godsend have been on, I think for like five to six months and... Yeah. Fardex edition didn't really help in that either, which is maybe even more worrying than this, because if you replace Michaelella with a young up and coming offer, you expect like some boost in results, which they didn't I, I think they're pretty much on the same place they were with Michaelella. Yeah. So yeah. Well, now they they're now they're benching Crystal and seeing what's gonna happen. I don't know who they are getting, obviously not figured out yet, but Emmy. I, I saw even he's playing in practices with them, so I don't know if that's still going on or not. This is going to tie into one of the later points that we have here to do with uh, the Fallen and Fur leaked plans. So <laughs> uh, we can probably ask some some more pointed questions once we get down to that one. But uh, Art, in terms like Godsend as a team, I don't know how much of them you've had an opportunity to practice against or, or, or if you watch too many of their demos. But d if you have, or do, do you see what the problems with this team are? Because Crystal clearly wasn't contributing a lot stats-wise, but he was obviously doing a lot for the team in terms of strategy and, and trying to make a lot of space for players. I actually never watched their demos. I think uh, when we when they're like uh, playing so well, I think it was like start of the year or maybe to the middle. I think we're just focusing on NA teams. I, I never really watch uh, Europe playing. And even if I watch, I don't watch like... Uh, 
uh, in the eyes of what's happening there, just like like looking at the strategies and see if I can uh, get something out, or just watching because I like I watch CS like a regular player. So yeah. I don't really have a, like an input to do for Godsent. I don't know the players as well. Okay, what if we what if we frame the question this way? Because uh, Crystal, statistically speaking, uh, was was not a great fragging in-game leader, right? Do you think today in modern Counter-Strike, there's there's not space for those type of in-game leaders? Everybody has to make sure that they're uh, getting you know good numbers now. Uh, that's a very tough question because. It's like a mix between those, I would say, because today most teams, like Taiwan teams, all their five players are like uh, good aimers. I think that's like a meta because the the better teams have alpha players uh, very good uh, aim wise. But uh, at the same time, sometimes you have some players that are very amazing aim wise, but they don't uh, really put much effort on other areas. They don't communicate well. They don't have like good ideas. They don't have like a they don't, uh, what's the sentence for that in English? Like they, they don't take the responsibility in the game to make plays and decide the games. Some players are just like that. They just don't play passive and they don't get, they take like the actions they need to win the game. And some players that do that, they don't have like good aim. I myself, I'm not like an amazing aimer. My aim is okay, but uh, I compensate on that by, by being like a, uh, taking a lot of actions in game to help my team. And if I don't frag well, it's like a, I think it's like a fate for me that I would like be benched uh, some sometime in the future. So I think that's like something you have to think about, like aiming wise and strategy wise. And some teams they have like good aimers, but they don't have like those people that uh, make the team play better. So I think that's like a, it's a tough. Uh, do you have in betweens to have a good team? You have to get players that have amazing aim and some players that know what uh, uh, theoretically you have to do to win the game. And have like a responsibility to win the game, so uh, it's a tough question because I never watch him play to see if he's actually not fragging. Because sometimes he's just fragging, but he's just not killing. He's just not farming KD, you know. He's not baiting, so his his frags are not good. I think one one thing that you touched on here is like uh, obviously like there are players that need additional like micromanaging. Something we talked about with Kerrigan as well. Like, yeah. His take on why phase kind of fell fell down was that some of these players needed that like small push like i'll go here and you can trade me it's not like they'll teach them how to play cs and like micromanage everything in a in a retake or something it's just like okay i'll do this help me and after you do that small move you leave the player and he's gonna he's gonna win the round right and when you look at godsend i think theoretically they their players have been playing better than we expect them to and if they don't carry on playing at this level it's gonna be probably because of a crystal, right? And we can't always know this before the, the change happens. Yeah. But but it's at like thinking about it now, if if there is someone that's lifting these players, like Zen being like a super consistent fragger when maybe he he's just like an okay player, right? Maybe Sticko isn't gonna be that good if if he doesn't have someone like Crystal in the team. Uh, maybe Madden is not gonna be on the same level. So it maybe he is the reason why this is happening. I can't say 100%, but it, it would make sense that he, his sacrificing is pushing them to another level and that only when he is removed, they'll see that, yeah, like the team isn't that good without someone doing all of this that he was doing. Theoretically, uh, may, maybe, who knows? Yeah. But maybe, maybe on the yeah, end, I have a just, feeling that it just... happens to Alex Sib when he left the team. Yeah. It was just the same uh, idea. Uh, I just think he has an impact of making other players better and not really 
pondering, uh, thinking about his KD or if he's fragging in like stats wise. As, uh, most of the time, if you just watch CS, you know that some players are just playing like passive positions. Uh, most of the, the IGLs like Kerrigan and other IGLs are like passive uh, in the game. They are supporting. Uh, those players are not getting any kills, like any easier kills. Uh, the, the players that are getting easier kills are the ones that are, are getting the support to queue, the traders and the, the lurkers. So most of the time when you see uh, EGL stats, it's not, he's just focusing on making other, play, other players play, play the game better and queue and focus on just killing. And he's always thinking about what's happening, what, what nades do you have, what you should do, how you should do. And I, I, don't, I don't think uh, it's like uh, fair to judge Crystal by his uh, fragging uh, stats, you know? Yeah, who did we have on recently, Prop, when we were talking about this as well? And was I was it saying, Kadian, maybe? It might have been where we were talking about, it could have been even before Kadian, where we were talking about maybe if Crystal, you know, put more focus on himself and tried to play for himself a little bit more, you know, in the sense of obviously he's doing a lot for the team, strat-wise, he's doing a lot for the team in terms of making room and, and going in first so that Madden can get the trade kill, right? But uh, it must have been Kadian, because I think he was saying if he just went in and tried to, to, to kill him, he could probably get that opening duel, but he's always putting his body on the line instead of sometimes just going for the frag. So, uh, look, it's one of those things we're going to have to wait and see and monitor. Um, and uh, let's keep this moving because we got another international team who, with a bit of news, they've just added Mitha. This is Mouse Sports. have added Mitha as a coach. Now, Mitha was uh, previously a coach of North. Uh, has come up through the Danish scene. And then he was coaching Renegades uh, from Denmark, waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning uh, in, in CET to, to be able to coach that team down under who are yet to drop a tournament in the year. Something fucking crazy for the Renegades down there, just owning everybody. Um, but Prop, what do you make of this this pickup for Mouse? Is this what you were expecting? Um, kind of, yeah, in a way. Like this is the similar style of a coach to Regin. I feel like he's, he's not like a big name. Uh, I mean, he's, he has been in the scene and people know him, know that he exists, but he's not like a Zonic. He's not like even a Yanko that is like a big brand or something. I think Kerrigan realized that this is the type of the coach that he wants to work with is someone that's going to have his back in the team uh, rather than any of the other players. So he's a Danish guy that probably knows Kerrigan from before, looks up to him as one of the most decorated Danish in-game leaders, right? So there's going to be a good, just like a support network for Kerrigan primarily, and then for the other players, because I think what happened in phase is kind of a learning lesson for Kerrigan to, to not have your star player invite one of his best friends to, to coach the team, because that's not, that's not going to secure you any, any good favors. And, and if anything goes wrong, right, there's no way that if it's like a Nico versus Kerrigan 50-50 argument that Yanko is going to side with Kerrigan, I don't see yeah. that happening. Of course, like you can always think of think of his like knowledge and what he thinks about the game, but the emotional side is, I think, something that we can't like as humans. You can't really ignore that. I, I think Mitha as an individual as well is uh, is probably not going to be as this this sounds probably worse than it, than it's meant to, but as be as friendly with the players. Like I always looked at like Regin, kind of like one of the boys with like props yeah. and Chris J. You know, like the way that they dress or the way that they like hang out and stuff. That whereas I look at at Mitha, um, like he he carries himself like a teacher, right? I mean, like, he, he that's what he did before. He yeah. did like he worked in a Danish like esports school or something. So that's essentially what he did. 
and he's dealing with with quite young individuals, right? With BMAS, Frozen, and obviously Rops in the mix there. He, he has some younger players, some quite malleable individuals right there that he can um, definitely have an impact on. And I think as well, he isn't um, necessarily the type of coach that they need to like get the team fired up, right? Like Carrigan does a lot of that. You get Chris J doing a bunch of that. He's kind of, look, I'm looking at him as more like um, an individual to be doing all the hard prep work to help alleviate a bit of pressure on Carrigan and uh, to contribute to the to the team in that way. Now, uh, with with uh, the, the whole coaching um, player dynamic, right? we're talking about like what this one here might be with Mitha and Carrigan. What type of coaching dynamic do, do you and Gary have? Is it like Gary's the boss and and or and you're, or do you guys like have like a mutual kind of uh, working relationship? How does it go in your team? Uh, I have to say coach is like a, one of the most fundamental pieces of a team. Because uh, just like Mouse, when you have a team that like have such young players, like we have like three people that was playing Furia with 18 years and 19, uh, 17 even, and like, just like Mouse parts have three players, it's Bimas, Frozen, and uh, Rops. They have like very young players, and sometimes if players younger, you have like problems outside of the game or problems just uh, listening or problems of arguments. And a coach, uh, the most fundamental. Uh, 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 role in the team he has it's basically just being like the final voice and the people the guy who is deciding the good uh, things for the team like uh, me and Gary we I can only talk about experience because I did not play on other teams with other coaches uh, many times but uh, on our team uh, me and Gary we get he we work together a lot uh, but his uh, decision are the finals uh, mostly about things that are not generally like outside of the game not tactical wise uh, Tachka wise, how to, how to play CS, we talk together a lot, like uh, directly, but he's like a boss for us. So his word is final. If he wants us to play seven, ma seven maps a day, we have to play seven maps a day because he's thinking about our best interest. He's not thinking about himself or, or anything like uh, any personal stuff. He's just thinking what's good for us. And sometimes the, the, even the, the, the player doesn't know what's better for him. So that's his job to, to balance those, those things out. And just make be like the voice that uh, has the reason within the team, so we don't get like arguments with each other. So basically, everybody who has a problem, they don't talk to each other. If Yuri has a problem with Casareto, he's not uh, directly just insulting him or just uh, telling bad stuff for him. He's talking to Gehi or to me. And if he talks to me, I usually just talk bring to Gehi, Gehi to solve the problem. How are we meant to say his name? Because in English, I don't think I could do that. How is it? How is it in Portuguese? Uh, it's Gehi. Jesus. Okay. Gehi. Quite hard. Okay. I know. Jerry. Yeah, I... That was good. Gehi? Yes. Shadda okay. has a Brazilian, uh, inner Brazilian. Himself. All right, I'll practice. I'll get, I'll get some good practice in. All right. So <laughs> uh, I, I now want to actually talk about something a little bit closer to home for the Brazilian fans out there. And this is, uh, now I, I didn't look at how this appeared, Prof. Do you know what happened with the whole Fallen and for leaked plans? He was, he was streaming and yeah. there was a notepad open and he was like opening, closing tabs and that was on the, it literally, it looked so perfect. I thought it was framed. I thought it was just like fall, classic fallen. Let's, let's get into the spotlight. Someone I'll just like write some names down and like accidentally leave the uh, notepad open. Like that's how it looked to me. And then later he even confirmed that there was, there, there is something that like, it's not like, uh, there are like advanced talks. It's yeah. like some, some of his ideas and maybe something he discussed with a, a few players, but it's not like. It's not like it's happening tomorrow or something. Sure. Okay. 
Well, uh, those before we before we jump into it, I saw that Fallen got engaged, so congratulations to Fallen on that. But we'll, we'll keep going. What were the rosters that he had written down? I need to Google it so I don't get it wrong. Uh, so it was Fallen and Fur, and the yep. first one was like a Brazilian one. So Bolts, Cello, and SHZ, yep. Bruno Martinelli. Yep. And then the other one was the trio from Godsend, which is Tikos and, and Madden. Okay, oh, and fall. Those were the names. Okay. So out of those two that Profs just said there, Art, which one would, if they were, if either of those were real and you could, which team would you prefer to see? The full Brazilian one or a European Brazilian mix? I, I, I always more inclined to say the Brazilian because yeah. it's, uh, it's nice to have a full Brazilian roster. And but I also think that uh, the European team is not a really bad idea. I think it's a good idea actually. And I also think Boom is a, has a is a good promise. Like the players they are taking the trio, I think they have a good promise on the the five man roster. So I would like to see the, them together. So hopefully he goes through the European way. So you have two teams. Yeah, and it's gonna be uh, better in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Boom have been like what Renegades have been in Australia. They have been in Brazil recently. Maybe not the last month, but the last time I checked, they won literally everything that they played in, uh, in they Brazil. They won so. every tournament they played, yeah. They're okay. like a very good team coming up, and hopefully uh, they stick together. So who's on that Boom roster right now? Excuse my ignorance. I haven't been so keeping up with the stuff. And, Shiz, Shiz, yep. and uh, Phelps. Phelps and Yell, that's the okay, line. Yeah. Even though there have been some rumors about Phelps going somewhere and some something else happening, but nothing material materialized yet, at least. Well, we've all seen Phelps and Fur holding the B bomb site on Inferno together before, so let's try and avoid that one if if we can. Uh, yeah. uh, we don't want to see that one again. That was that was not good. Um, but do, this... do you think Art that Fallen could like in game lead a European team to like a lot of success? Like, would that be the thing that would it be too hard of a task at this point in his career, or would it be the thing that he really needs to kind of reinvigorate everything? Well, I'm not I sure think, where I stand. I think that Fallen is is can always because he's 29 now, right? At any point, he can always go back to Brazil and still be the godfather of Brazilian Counter Strike, or coach a team, or be an in-game leader of the young up-and-comers, and kind of help at that at any point, right? So I don't see any rush for him having to go back. To that, I actually think trying something new. He already tried playing with some North Americans, right? They had the old Tarek Stew situation. Um, I think if he can, if he was based in Europe full time, um, and he had an influx of players who were helping, and that he was open to getting fed new ideas of how to approach the game, I think then yeah, I, 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 because he's obviously a good mind for the game, right? I just think that there's been a lot of things on his plate in terms of the the empire that Fallen has built, um, and then he's always had the same inputs whether it be from the same like uh coach or same manager or same teammates around him he's always kind of had the same methodology right i would love to see him put into a completely different environment where he gets some younger players or some like i said players with some some fresher ideas and kind of see how that all blends together um because there's always the moments where we're fallen. We see those fallen moments with the awp and he's looking hot to trot but i just think that the way that mibr uh, when he was still a part of the team towards the tail end, I know KNG took over in-game leading for a little period of time, but it felt very stale and it didn't feel like up to up to 2020 Counter Strike. That was one of my feelings. I guess what we can do right there is 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 pivot that into you, Art. What did you feel was the demise of that old MIBR roster and now Fallen and everybody kind of being in 
I don't know if it's free agency, but on the market. Uh, I think uh, Fallon is still like he's one of the best alpers in Brazil, and he he proved himself. We don't have to say anything. He was one of he's one of the best IGLs and alpers in Brazil, and he's a, a very smart uh, player as well and person. So I, I don't think uh, it's going to be such a problem for him to adapt for the new way of playing. I think he was a little stubborn in the beginning of the year to to keep playing like the old days. Maybe I don't know how they salt it, if they are just playing like the old days or trying something different or just mixing up. I don't know what's happening in the insights, but uh, I don't see... I think it's going to be actually a good idea to put him with like three new younger players, and, but he has to be the AGL. It's not going to work if he's not AGL. I think he's just yeah. too good to be IGL and upper. And if he's put in a position where he's just an upper, he, he's going to lose uh, what makes him a star player. He's not he's just going to be like a normal upper. So I think he, if he's upping and IGLing and he has young players and he's uh, willing to, to open his mind. And, and, and yeah, I think that's just what, he, what he's doing when he's choosing to, to play with those guys in Europe. Just uh, being open for a new team, new ideas, and, and just trying to, to play again. Because I don't think he even lost his form from those days. I, I saw him playing. I played against him, and he's just the same guy. He's playing up very well, and, and I don't see any problem with him. I think he just has a, to get a new team and work out uh, how they're going to play. Do you think that he needs to have players in his team, especially if he wants to keep playing with Fur? Do you feel like the majority of the other players in that team need to be, I don't want to say passive players, but they need to be more, we call it like a safe pair of hands, where they're not supportive players, they're more like anchor players, where in case Fallen or Fur goes aggressive and they die, that they can get a couple? Because I feel like in the last few MIBR iterations, there was too many aggressive players, right? You had Fallen, you had Fur, you had KNG. They all love some aggression. And it felt like if they died, what they would try and do is go more aggressive instead of being able to, to win in those number disadvantage situations. So what, what do you think? What type of players do you think would help complement Fallen? Uh, I have to say if he gets three younger players, those doesn't really matter uh, the play style of those players. Because okay. if they're young, they're open to play as a team. Uh, they can be the most aggressive players ever. They're gonna play in the same page. They're gonna play aggressive when they want to. And I think they just like uh, uh, they don't. They cannot have a clash of ideas. If they are uh, a, a unit together, they can make it work. With, uh, doesn't matter how the other players are. It can be two aggressive ones, uh, two passive ones. But I think uh, if Fair and Fallen get uh, to play more aggressive, uh, maybe one or two players passive and one aggressive, it's just fine. Okay. Uh, nothing. I have nothing a crazy. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, talking about like passive players, uh, fallen, fallen for, and all of that dynamic. Do you think that MIBR, if they got in K Serato back when they tried to originally get him, I think that was like 2018. Do you think that the team would have that they would have stayed like a top 10 contender that they wouldn't end up like disbanding practically the roster would would getting like either either Yuri or K Serato back in the time that they want to get them would that change the future of the lineup hmm, maybe but i don't think so i think the the problem they had was more like a maybe a mindset problem maybe a structural problem i don't think it's like skill wise they have skilled players and they chose skilled players to play with uh, in like two uh, tries. And they could have a lot of players from Brazil that are very skilled just as much as Castorato or Yuri. And I, I don't think the problem was not hitting shots. 
I think the problem was the way they're trying to play the game, or even, I don't know what's happening inside. I think that's the question they only can answer by themselves. I don't think I have an input that's going to be true. Uh, in my vision, I think it can it could help them because they they were like a good team, but they had they, they didn't a little more to to be a better team. But I also think that that would not change like the the fate of like uh, the, the the situation they were like they're not gonna win the majors just by changing two players because they are like good aimers. Uh, it's not gonna happen like that. Okay. Well, I think with that, what we can do is we can actually uh, move on to a to a team that's been assembled. Uh, with a with a formula in mind, because we'll keep this one trucking along. We're going to move into the most recent kind of tournaments and, and results and, and bits and bobs that we've seen around the traps. And one of which, uh, this one here has been titled Cloud9 Flashpoint Debacle. Now, whether or not we want to use the term debacle, uh, I guess that depends on which lens you look at this one through. Now, people are going to gonna assume my bias because I'm good friends with Henry. We even live together when we're both home. Uh, but this Cloud9 debut in Flashpoint, uh, if you look at it, it doesn't really even matter about the results in the server. Just on paper, they came dead last in their group. Uh, it, once we start adding a bit of context to this, Prof, do you think it, it's as bad as what it's uh, been framed to be? I mean, they should have they should have lost these two games on paper. Like they lost to VP and they lost to OG. Yes. VP number 15 in the world, uh, OG number, I don't know, six, top 10. And this is a and Cloud9 a team that literally playing their first two games. If you look at it like that, it is expected for them to lose. Uh, the The problem, I guess, is more we didn't really see much good over the course of these series. Only four uh, maps, right? Lost all four maps. Only had I, I'd say maybe like two good halves, maybe. And overall, the team didn't really didn't really seem like a team overall. I think that that's what a lot of people. That's the feeling they've got, and that is going to be the the problem with when we put together five players that never played together. I think no one played together before. It's going to take time to build chemistry, but I think the external hype uh, that that was built and the uh, expectations from like Henry uh, himself, plus the fact that they really didn't look good uh, looking at the eye test, is why people are really kind of critical, very critical about the team. Yeah, look, Henry obviously put on a, a big song and dance about the team and the expectations and, and all that kind of stuff. And what that helped do uh, was build the hype around this roster being announced, right? Because it was something thrown together under the Cloud9 banner, having Henry there. But the results, um, you know, they, they've lost all their games. You, you can't put it any other way. If you look at the stats over those four maps, Woxic, the only player who went positive, right? You've got uh, Mezzi, who was actually their second best player in that event. So if we were to go like down the line of, of, of players, Art, have have you um, had much opportunity to practice against Cloud9? I think we practiced like uh, just once or twice and not uh, that much. How, how did uh, how did they seem in scrims? Do they seem like <laughs> they had, you know, like I know it's hard to judge, but was it? Was it... <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I, I don't remember what okay. happened in the, the scrims. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, actually, to be honest, uh, I don't think the they they played uh, many maps to to maybe we, we cannot judge just based on like they played four maps. I think they yeah. lost two zero two zero, and and two of those were like very very close matches. Like the one was overtime, another one was I think uh, twelve or thirteen or fourteen something like that. Sixteen and, uh, fourteen, yeah, yeah, sixteen fourteen. So I think uh, if they just won like two rounds, like important rounds, they could have wrecked the other team. Like CS is just like that sometimes. If you win two key rounds, you can make it maybe a match. It's like they went short. It could have ended like 16-9. Uh, 
and we just be uh, saying how good they are. So maybe okay. just a, a matter of maybe next tournament they they fix those things up and they get lucky on two important rounds and they just wreck everybody. Maybe it's just like that. We don't know yet. Well, that's the thing, right? It's it, and and I've obviously uh, been a big critic of a team like OG uh, since their inception as a roster, just based off of, in my opinion, lack of firepower in the entire team, and only just now are they really starting to cement themselves as a contender. Uh, and now that's even been unraveled a little bit with some of their more more shaky results recently. It's, it's obviously going to take some time for these international rosters to come together, right? Where it, it, if if you just want to go with like Henry's hype and everything, which you can do because he set it up to now be punished for that, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to talk with the big talk, you have to uh, be ready for the other side of that. If things don't work out and it hasn't worked out immediately, that doesn't mean it's not going to work out. Um, whether or not they're a, a contender for, you know, a top five or a top 10 or a top 15 slot, we still have a lot of counter-strike to hopefully see out of them before we, we know that. But um, one of my concerns, Prof, and I don't know how you feel about this is like floppy. We have over four maps of CS, Obviously, he went yeah. from being more of a starish player to now somebody who's in, in the deep end, right? He's playing European Counter-Strike. He definitely didn't look up to par for over these four maps. He, he looked like someone that was not ready to play European teams and play these teams in the role that he was given in Cloud9. So may, maybe if he was playing the same thing that he played in the old lineup, maybe it wouldn't be the same. But like... It was like you can't really mask it. It was just it was it was terrible. It, I think it's zero point seventy nine rating over four maps, and this is not like a guy that runs in in suicides for for everyone. So he can maybe like he was playing I don't know a on Mirage, and he had like four kills in the CT half. So stuff like that is like you can't you can't expect much from a team when all of the other players are also being like wishy washy, and then you have one guy that's like completely shitting the bed like that's not helping definitely but maybe with time it changed but for me it's a red alarm and something to keep an eye out if 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 he can even fit into this lineup at all well he would be like and i know they've just started right but if i was going to hazard a guess if there was any player that was probably going to get like re replaced for a more of an upgrade it would probably be floppy early right like he, just out of all the names in the team Mezzi's the one who's more unknown but he actually seemed he kind right. of delivered yeah. yeah he had some clutches and all of that so like he he had some good good moments like overall i think he delivered to what you could expect from a guy that's for that this is his first time playing on this level I think there was one one or one map in that OG series, the first one probably where Alex didn't get off to, to the best of starts. Yeah, um, that was so rough. Yeah, but like this is the thing as well. Alex has been out of tier one Counter-Strike since February or March this year, right? Whenever it was that he stepped down. So uh, we we can we can come in with all these expectations. Uh, but yeah, the debut, it wasn't a good one. We'll see them in Blast soon. Uh, they'll be playing in that showdown. That's going to be a rough one. I think it's a single elimination best of three format over there. Yeah, right it's for the very showdown. rough. Very oh, rough. dear. That's some cutthroat shit right there. That's uh... but It's funny because <laughs> when I play with Floppy on NA, he's yeah. actually a very solid player. I don't know what's happening there. Maybe it's just because four maps are very small space for to see what's happening. Because if you're going to judge by four maps, uh, we, we could send Furia back to Brazil because we play terrible <laughs> these four maps. So if you're going to judge it by four maps, I think uh, it's not very fair for for the, the call nine, but it's gonna yeah. it's a letdown debut for sure. All right. Yeah, def definitely. Like he's not gonna be kicked today. So, but but it's it's not a good like measuring step or whatever. I don't know.
Sure. Well, moving forward for them is like having to play that opening game. It's against IP, I think. Um, that's not going to be easy for them either. So but once again, in these games, if I was on the analyst desk, I would just be looking for them to be competitive within these early stages, right? That's where I would set the bar, especially this is the thing I get like that group that they were in VP and OG within that flashpoint tournament are two of the absolute best teams, right? I would say outside of VP and OG, the next two best teams are probably big and surely. And I don't know who else I was going to say, maybe Fnatic, but I, like mad lions are looking better than Fnatic recently. So you could probably throw them in the mix. Right. Um, so like we, we talked about this on the, not last year, but the one before, like, I think most of us had VP going for a really deep run. So yeah, that was the okay. toughest group for cloud. Nine. So let's see if that changes in the future. Let's see if we can get any more out of them. I know that they're working hard. Um, now we can, focus a bit on this showdown here because there's a perfect segue um art you boys you've uh you, you've got some i guess some revenge that you're going to be looking for in the in the showdown um your opening matchup is against Isaris. now you guys seeded you yourselves in that one right all the teams seeded seated themselves is that yeah, how the last one worked? okay yeah so you guys got the highest seed right yes we got the highest all right. How do you, do you think Finally. that was? That you, do you think that like you guys deserve to be the highest seed out of all those teams there? Actually, don't really saw the other teams uh, in the lower part of the bracket. Let me check. Evil geniuses, complexity, complexity. mouse, Link, nah, like, Link mouse would have played. IP, yeah, BP. Like there's a lot of a lot of interesting names here, right? Yeah, just by the recent results of uh, us in the ENA against the Liquid and EG, I think that's fair to say. Maybe Mouse could, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's fair. I think it's fair, yeah. Uh, we're based off like the results you guys have been having this year, clearly all those trophies uh, must have helped a lot. And I think like, I, I, this is this is why I think that teams realize that you guys probably just had a bad event. with the, If you're still getting put as the highest team from your peers, right? Um, going into this, this one here, you, it looks like most likely... You're gonna have VP in the second round. Uh, have you guys had much run on with them in practice? Have you watched much of them? We actually did not practice against VP. I'm quite sure about that. And I'm really just thinking, not uh, going steps ahead. I'm just thinking about Isurus for now. And let's try to win Isurus. After that, we can think about the next teams. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, looking at Isurus, right? You guys are the heavy favorites there. Like. The, the heavy, heavy, that's people, I want to say from your region, obviously you've been playing within North America for some time, but uh, is is this the is this the same guy that got the jumping no-scope the other day, Prof? Yeah, that is him. That is Johnny him. Boy. Yeah. In, Johnny Boy did it in the qualifier for this actual <laughs> event. So it okay. was like a pretty crazy match from what I saw. I think it was overtime on all three maps against uh, 9, 9Z, 9Z, whatever. Okay. So, and they managed it like that was an actual an important kill, an important round in the in the whole scope of them now playing Fury at like in a couple of days. Sure. All right. Well, I've just put a link in for Lucas to bring up on the stream for everybody. This is the uh, the showdown single elimination bracket. We'll bring that up in a second. Uh, and what we'll do is I think with you here, Art, we'll run through all these matches and you can tell us who you think are going to win all these openers, right? We'll get your yeah, extra sure, because. I think uh, if we take a look at this here, let us know when it's up on screen, Lou, because I can't see. All right, so uh, we got Fury or Isaris. Well, let's just everybody sit here and say Fury is going to win that one. But as we go down the list, who do you think is going to win, Spirit or VP? That's a hard uh, one being domestic, but yeah. Yeah, but I have to say Virtus Pro. They have VP has been a good farm recently. VP. Yeah. Okay. Phase MIBR. Oh, oh, that's going to be tough. But actually, let me. Uh... Yeah, man, I have to say 
It's going to be biased, but I think you might be going to win this one. Okay. Well, they won't be able to play Vertigo, right? That's one of their best maps at the moment. FaZe is definitely going to ban that. But I can, I can see where you're coming from, right? Like, when we spoke to FaZe just the other, when they qualified for the Beijing playoffs, it was all about, you know, they're having fun, they're having a good time. It's, it, it wonder how long they can hold on to that type of good mood for. Yeah, uh, it's a good mood, like a hype. It's a very strong thing. I think it's, they're going to have a good shot against FaZe. They're not the, the, the favorites uh, in any sort of way, but uh, I think they can win this one. Okay. Uh, Liquid Mad Lions? Uh, uh, Liquid. Hard okay. Mantle. Yeah, that one we haven't seen Liquid obviously play internationally all year, basically. So yeah. that's going to be a very interesting matchup. EG Endpoint? Yeah. Uh, EG. Uh, Mao's Godsend. Oh dear, that's a mess. <laughs> I have to say Mao's. I yeah. don't see other option for myself. Uh, complexity Best Sprout? Uh, complexity. And yeah, NIP Cloud9. Man, that's tough for Cloud9. Damn. Are you giving them the benefit of the doubt? I am, but uh, NIP, they are they're being looking very strong recently. We even scream against them. They're, they are looking very good. It's gonna be very tough for Cloud9. Yeah. Damn, bro, that's that's tough after looking <laughs> two two games in a row. They face NIP. NIP are kind of still though that like solid team that it's like if you beat them, you're really good. Like they rarely lose to to underdogs and like Matt. Like I don't know how you rank Cloud9 at the moment, but I'd still say like bottom top thirty. That's kind of their level right now since we didn't see them play much. So I think this is like a massive, massive overdog situation for an IP that they usually don't really lose. Yeah, yeah, I think an IP gonna win. Uh, I'm cheering for Cloud9 because it is very a little win after those debut, but uh, I think it's gonna be an IP. Yeah, it's gonna be fucked. That's gonna be a very difficult one there, and lots of good names. And I like the mix here. It feels like we have you know some good matchups. We get to see more North American Counter Strike coming over to European soil. Uh, the newer rosters in the mix is always interesting to see like Sprout pushing a team like Complexity they're always good for their prep work got like Snatchy and Dihar in the mix there so a good little one here top two teams make it through right the top two go through to yeah. the okay yeah so, so could, be, could be a Furia MIBR grand final that would ooh. be uh, always always fun for a rematch or that even be, that would be insane <laughs> I would love it we get a lot of the Brazilian viewers. They love it. They uh, we had that a couple times. Obviously, now that it's the new MIBR, it's less of uh, there's there's less of that grudge that got built just around the last time we had Blast going. I think uh, we were actually just going to talk about. Didn't we want to talk about that when uh, Arth uh, disconnected about the Blast situation, like them playing MIBR? Was that what we were? We were we were heading there. We're, yeah. we're definitely going to ask that that whole question. I know that I spoke to Art privately a, a, about it at the time, uh, and I made my kind of a, a opinion very publicly known about that whole situation. <laughs> but Art, uh, like the the way that it was kind of framed um, from the community, is it felt like the majority of people, other than the Brazilian uh, MIBR fan base, were were on the Fury side of things. Is that how it felt to you at the time? When it happened, like the yeah. same day, well, like just the just uh, like a, even a week, you know, because it was it, it, the the drama dragged on for a little while. Yeah, that day was very tough. The drama because everybody was like against us, and I felt like the community of MBR is so huge that everything they do and say impacts so much in, in the the community in this in everything, like the social medias, they explode. So I think that was in the day I felt like uh, we are doing wrong. But afterwards, I saw, I saw the community shifting maybe towards uh, 
thinking it was like a, a not such a very impactful thing that happened in the server to justify the actions into on Twitter. And I felt like that was just the the mindset of the community and ourselves later on. But other day was very very. We even could not play the third map after what happened. Yeah, we were talking about that at the time. Uh, it was it was something that I, I you know we want to try and avoid happening. But then in recent times, we were even discussing the idea that like maybe uh, Glaive was putting the heroic boys on blast over the whole coaching thing on social media publicly, and maybe that was um, like uh, in, intentional to rile them up as well. So. It's it's one of those things where, especially mid game, like you know, you know, or you and I have spoken about this mid game. Like that's, I don't think you can be doing stuff like that because the the fallout, especially considering the fan base, is is one that it's it's a scary fallout, right? Because it's it's all these people who are your countrymen and they've got the pitchforks out for you, and like that that's that's not a not a nice feeling at all. So, is it something that you think that like have you spoken with the MIBI guys about it? Is it, are you guys on friendly terms, or is it something that maybe in the future you guys would look to to reconcile? We actually never had like a very uh, we're not friends with MIBI players since the beginning. We never really talked to them or were friends. So I think that was just like. We never really talked to them. We just used to scream and and talk in the game, but just not nothing special. And I think after that it was just the same thing. We just not not talk and just keep like that. Okay, strictly professional. Yeah, so it was basically what happened, and it happens. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. No, look, I I I, I get that, and it's one of those things where. Um, it, they they obviously being the top dog from Brazil for such a long period of time and then having you guys who almost independently got there, right? Like they must have inspired you guys as you were coming up as players, but you guys did your own thing. You played your own style. You made a name for yourself. It, it must be difficult for them to lose that throne and to to lose it uh, to, to you guys who are playing some brilliant Counter-Strike. So that's always going to be a difficult like handover, handover period, I guess. It's always going to be some not hurt, not hurt feelings, but some bruised egos. Is, is probably the, the best way to look at that. Um, we'll keep this moving because we're about to get into a lot of Brazilian Counter-Strike and I'm sure that we're going to talk a lot about the MIBR and, and, and Furia type of stuff there. Now, I've just linked the bracket to you, Lucas, for the IEM Beijing um, playoffs. So we'll just have a quick little run through of these, similar ways what we did with Blast there uh, and, and just chat what's going to happen and who we think is going to win. So we'll get that one up on screen. And uh, let's let's just jump into this here. Prof, when you look at this bracket, which matchup jumps off the screen here as, as the, the the biggest blockbuster? Because there's a few storylines. I think for me, it's like Astralis Navi, just because we didn't really see them play a lot. I think they played two best of, best of something series this year. And what was the grand final Pro League, which was the reverse sweep, right? Reverse sweep 3 2 from Astralis, which was, I think, one of the most viewed games of the year as well. I think there are some records around that. So for me, that's going to be a, definitely a big game. And these are the two teams that, if this wasn't the online era, would probably be like top five consistently throughout the year with all that has been happening was been has been kind of weird but like last year this would be the grand final of yeah. a lot of tournaments so for me that's the that's the that's the most exciting one we've got heroic vitality which is the rematch of the cologne grand final as well as the dreamhack open four grand final was it is that who heroic played in the final there i think it was yeah I it was two definitely yeah grand finals so the there's some fun little I, I guess storylines to take there. The first time round, I think Cologne was the three zero, and then the most recent time at Dream Open four, that one was all five maps. It was a three two. Um, 
what else we got here? Obviously, we've got FaZe versus uh, G2 since Nico's left them. So there's that grudge match just there. And then the one that doesn't really have much bang for its buck is Complexity versus Big. But I think if you look at that matchup on paper, traditionally, uh, Big are the ones who have been getting the better of Complexity, which does sound a little bit surprising. But just if you check the stats this year... Uh, they played a bunch of times. Big have beaten them uh European Minor Open Qualifier. So that was obviously during one of the, the major situations for ESO1 Rio before it got postponed. Big won that one. The only time Complexity... Uh, Complexity beat them in a home story cup. Uh, home sweet home cup, sorry. And an ESL Pro League Season 11. But since then, Big have beaten them in Drew Hank Masters Spring, CS Summer 6, and uh, Blast Premier 4. Yeah, that's like a good match, but compared to the rest which is like low-key just an amazing bracket that we got here it's just like ah, whatever just another classic online game that we see a lot of during yeah during this pandemic so having a look at this one here art who who do you think let's go through all the matches like we did with you uh so the first game phase g2 who are you picking <laughs> that's gonna be a very fun game to watch now be sure to watch this one yeah uh, i think i think this is gonna win two's gonna win okay you think they're yeah. gonna get it like easy or do you think that phase is gonna give them a hard time i think one map is gonna be a little easier the other is gonna be very tough okay yeah no there's always because mirage is very likely in this matchup here i think the phase probably might comfortably pick into that whereas g2 they could go a lot of different places there'll be no overpass there'll be no vertigo maybe g2 will look pretty good on nuke so that one's curious there astralis navi what about this one this was a tough one to pick very tough uh i have to say astralis Okay. Uh, they don't look so dominant in the recent uh, matches. Uh, I was watching them play against MIBR and G2, and I did not felt like they were just playing as dominantly. So I have to say Astralis, but uh, it's very tough one. It's going to be a very think, close game. What European team does look the best to you actually now? Because we have the rankings, but it's weird. Like they change a lot. We have Vitality number one, then Heroic, then Astralis, and this back and forth. Like. From what you saw from the player break, let's say, and now that you're here playing this team, what do you think is the best European team? Uh, I don't practice against those teams a lot. I think Vitality we never practice against. I think Heroic we just practice just once or twice. Uh, but I have to say uh, Heroic is looking very good. I, I would say Heroic is one of the best teams right now, in my opinion. Uh, Navi right. and Astralis are always like uh, <laughs> easy picks for to say they're like the best ones. But uh, I have been uh, enjoying to see Eric play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Heroic can keep this up, right? That's one of, because sometimes their gameplay is really aggressive. Sometimes it's really strat heavy. Uh, I'm interested to see how long they can keep going with, with their style. Uh, who was the next matchup here? We had Complexity Big, I think, next. Yeah, Complexity Big. Who do you reckon is taking that one? Oh, that's a good match. I think Big is going to take that one. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one is Heroic Vitality. That's very tough again. Uh, I have to say Heroic. Yeah, Heroic is going to take that one. All right. And then overall, so you picked your, your, win, your winners of the first round. Who's making it to the grand? Who do you think is winning the grand final? Yeah, grand final. Uh... Uh -oh. It's either Heroic or Vitalit, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. You reckon whoever wins that game makes it all the way to the final and probably... Yeah, you could, I could see that. I think it's going to be tough for complexity against both heroic and vitality issue. Well, no, or big. Both of those matchups, actually, all the matchups here actually have some good yeah. storylines to it. I could have missed everything. Yeah. If no, I am wrong <laughs> every match. It, that's the thing, right? A lot of these games are like, there's only the smallest margins defining them. Now, 
we're going to move into the next little section of the show, which is to do with Brazilian Counter-Strike. Now, uh, let's preface this as we jump on in here. Um, you have been competing in the North America in North America for some time now, right? How long has it been that you boys have been in NA in Florida? That's been three years and a half, uh, okay. or so, two years and a half, maybe three. How, how I think can, two two and a half should be around that, yeah. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. How, how connected to the rest of the Brazilian scene would you say you are, like considering that you are competing in North America? Uh, I'm very disconnected from any scene. Just the one I'm playing here, I'm actually sure. watching. I, I watch some games and uh, I talk to the Free Academy, so I have good a good sense of what's happening. And I see some finals, and but not really connected deep. Okay, so some of these questions here, maybe you know, you won't be able to go too in depth, but we'll we'll try and see if we can get through them anyway. So. Uh, we're, we're looking at MIBR who have just changed their roster. We've got Team One in the mix. They've recently had a roster change as well. I believe they brought in, was it an Argentinian? Um, there we've got, yeah, we've obviously got, we're talking about Boom. Like in terms of the teams from, from the region, like how is it looking um, in, from your perspective? Do you think there is a chance for another Brazilian team to, to break through and be consistent on the world stage? Uh, yes, I think so. I think... Uh... Uh, boom! When they get out of Brazil and start playing uh, uh, on NA or Europe or just international tournaments, I think they're gonna gonna be a very uh, very good team. And I also like to see T1 playing. Uh, they evolved so much since they start playing on A, and I think they're ready to play some bigger tournaments. I think they just need a shot to qualify or for bigger tournaments. I think they're gonna be a, a strong team. Okay, so, so, yeah, team one is is an NA, and they have this Barton. Uh, kid, 18 years old, one point like 18 rating last three months. Yeah. Can you can you tell us anything about him? Uh, except what I just said that he has a one point <laughs> eighteen rating. And plays in NA. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, he's like uh, he, he's like an anchor on, on most maps, and he's very solid at that. And he's like also an upper. He's played all around. So I think he's just generally a very solid player. And just the just by being young, I think he has, has a lot of a lot to learn and a lot to improve on. And I think he's a very good player. Uh, look forward. What what about looking at um, this this year project? They've added two North Americans, right? Does that seem strange to you, or is that just a sign of the times? I think that's uh, actually a good idea for them. I think that that decision to bring to Americans was mostly uh, because it's hard to bring Brazilians to, I think maybe impossible to bring on this time of the pandemic. Yeah. And they had to, they want to change players and maybe just just find it easier to put Americans. And But I think the idea is actually good. I think mixing up the teams with uh, putting the roster to speak English, I think that opens up the, the possibilities for the roster because when you start speaking English, you can put basically any player in the world. So I think that's a good idea. Well, we've also got the new MRBR roster now. Keeping out of the fact that you guys played them in Blast, when you saw that this team was announced bringing Lucas to play, to join the squad uh, or to be the temporary stand-ins, right? What did you think of the players that they had chosen? Did it make sense to you why KNG and TRK had picked those three? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, VSM has always been like uh, one of the... Oh, that was not for me the question, right? No, 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 it, no, is, no yeah. it was. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Uh, I think VSM has always been like a prodigy in the scene, and he has been like a, a amazing rifler and a very good all-round player. And I think his uh, this opportunity to play on my BR was just the perfect, perfect one for him. 
And I think the, the vibe, vibe of the team was just kind of the same. And they just put the three younger players, very good ones and very uh, uh, prom very good promises overall. And uh, I think that was a very good decision. Was there anyone else that could have fit in this team? Like as uh, one of these three new additions? You don't have to say like instead of who, but like any other names that were kind of on this level that could have been in the MIBR project. Hmm. Was that like this uh, Barton kid was someone that people kind of are mentioning and uh, Dumao as well, right? Oh, those yeah. are the two they, names I, they are I really hear a lot. Buy players and, and pay the buyouts. I think those players are like the top the top, top picks. Maybe like if they want to play get a, like a small player from Brazil, I think they have like Lato, that's a very good player from Brazil. And there, there are some like pain players like Bigozera and uh, Safe. But Safe is an upper, but they have some very good choices in Brazil as well. I think they they just could uh, choose a lot of uh, younger players as well. But uh, they they chose uh, those 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 two that are very good choices as well. I have a bit of a question here, and it might seem like a divisive one in in a way. But when we see the cameras of this new MIBR team playing, by like KNG's getting everybody fired up, and you can see just how much he loves the game and how passionate he is for competition. Are you surprised he wasn't able to bring that to the old MIBR team? Surprised. Well, uh, like, obviously, he was passionate like that, but he couldn't make everybody else be with like this because, like, with TRK, with the with this with this crew, like, you can see that everybody's buying in. Like, it, it, I don't know what the fuck KNG's saying, but if he was there <laughs> saying that stuff in front of me, I'm going to war for that guy, right? Like, I thought, because I project, like, one of my thoughts with KNG joining the old MIBR roster, I was excited. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to bring this fired up passion. He's going to breathe some life into uh, Fallen and Fur, and, and we're going to see MIBR go back to that team who we remember from 2015, 2016, with, like, Cold Zero fucking standing up and taunted. Like, I thought that's what KNG was going to bring to that team, but that obviously didn't happen then, but it's happening now, like... Do you think that was just like a, a leadership thing, or, or what? What do you reckon? I I think uh, uh, Kenji is a very emotional player overall. Like he's drives through emotion. I don't know how easy it is for him to like fake emotions to make the team better. I think he's getting quite good at it since he's IGL and he has to do some stuff like that. But I also think that uh, it's very easy for the team to have that atmosphere now because you have VSM and Loud Drunk. Those two players, they are like, it's, it means everything to them to play on MIBR and to play on Europe. That's just like a dream coming true for them. So it's, uh, I just feel that, I just think that they, they feel amazing to play there. And so the, the hype and everything is just uh, like the, the atmosphere should be like just as great. And also Lucas, he's just like Henny. They're like uh, twin brothers. They are very uh, hyped players, like hyped people, you know, overall outside of the game. So I think the atmosphere is just like uh, could not be better. I think uh, I have one uh, one story of Leo Drunky when uh, there were there was the Starladder minor qualify minor actually the South North American minor, and they were playing that was Sharks. Leo Drunky was in Sharks and they were playing against KNG and uh, INTZ. I think that was the Ints actually. And uh, that was one of the classic like shouting matches where like every round someone clutched and they were like getting up, yelling against like to, to each other and stuff like that. And uh, I know some, something happened in the match and like I wasn't sure what, what happened. And later I talked to, to, I think him and he told me what the ex exact thing was. Because of course you come up, you start sh shouting, your headphones go, go off. Then you put them back in, you start playing. 
in one of those situations, he swipped, swap, swapped his earphones. Ah, fuck. Because he was like getting, getting out <laughs> yeah, to yell yeah, yeah. against G&G. And of course, yeah, then in, in the round, he was like, okay, they're coming from the right. He turns around, he gets killed in the back. Uh, loses the round. I think they lost like something like 16-14 or some shit like that. And that was actually an important round. And his coach was saying like, you need to chill out, man. Like you're here, you're the new young guy. Kenji has been doing this for like 10 years already. You need to just like chill, play your game. Don't get too excited. Uh, but yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's also like fully explosive. The, the thing yeah. with that is it's, it's quite a steep fall off. Have you experienced that art where like everything's going good and you're getting fired up and yelling, but then when you're losing, there's not that energy. Like, have you ever experienced the the downside of that? Of course. Uh, yeah, of course. That happens a lot. Well, do you have any like, well, have you, because I used to, I used to be the type of player who yelled a lot and get fired up and was a bit of a momentum player, right? Like, uh, but for me, when that wasn't there, I, I never was at my best. Like I never worked out a way to to supplement that. Like, do you guys have a way if things aren't going well to to kind of keep that energy or get fired up or you, you now work that you don't always need that energy? No, we try to, to work it out. We don't, we don't, it's never a good thing to let the energy go down. Usually it's a bad sign and you're going to lose the match if that happens. So you always have to find ways. Uh, even if you're feeling like you're going to lose or feeling that you're not happy enough to scream, you have to 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 fake yourself to believe you are in that point. So when you fake your brain to do that, it's easier and it's get natural because you're telling yourself to do that and you just motivate other players to, to be with high energy as well. So yeah, I think that's necessary for the game because if you're not uh, confident and you're not happy to play and not like willing to do stuff, you're not like... Uh, uh, give yourself, uh, it's going to be very hard to win. Sure. And I, I have to ask something about when you're talking about like happiness and st stuff like that. Vinny is a guy that's like literally always smiling. I also have like an anecdote from the same, like that was a star ladder major qualifier or something that you guys played and you ended up eliminated early. And I, I know I was watching the game and I'm like, oh, fuck, Fury is going to lose. And then I start walking towards like the player area or something. And I see Vinny co coming out. And he's like fully smiling. I'm like, okay, Fury, I made it back. Like they made a comeback or something. Then I look at the score, you lost like 16-5 or something, <laughs> eliminated from the tournament. But Vinny's like super, super chill, smiling, good atmosphere. Like what's the deal with that? Like why, how can he always be positive? Like is he actually positive? What's, what's uh, I don't really know. Vinny, he smiles for everything. <laughs> he's just like a, just like that himself, like a person. He's nervous, he smiles, he's losing his smile, he's winning his smile. So I think that's, his character is like that. Uh, I, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know how he feels internally, but uh, he's always showing a smile. So let's let's move forward to look at uh, the teams in the South American region. So we've spoken about Boom a bit. Uh, obviously, they're the ones, the top dogs right now. But um, you guys have the the Furrier Academy team, right? Like, what what is the the scene like down there in terms of uh, how how competitively viable is it? Is there like a, a strong nurtured scene compared to like how North America is falling off right now? Is there there a lot going on in South America and especially Brazil in terms of CS? Yeah, they, they actually have improved a lot since I left Brazil. Uh, at the time, there was just like uh, maybe two leagues uh, that were happening at the same time, and, and they're not like a big stuff. But now they have like a sponsor and they have uh, 
closed leagues and they have a lot of ways to play. I think that the, the scene in Brazil can grow a lot more because they have so many players and so many teams and so many people wanting uh, to make it better. But uh, I also think it's it gets way better since uh, since then. Is it um, is it integrated in the sense down there that it is just like Brazilian teams and players competing in this? Or I, because look, I'm pretty ignorant in Australia. They didn't do a good job of geography. When you go and actually look at Brazil with that that map that shows you true size or whatever it is, Brazil's fucking huge. Like, is there is there much playing with other South American countries? Obviously, we know the Argentinians, you guys uh, down there play with and against on a regular basis. But is there much more down there? Yeah, there's a lot of hermanos. We, we call them like that. Or maybe boludos sometimes when you don't like them. <laughs> and uh, mostly it's just Argentinians, uh, Chilenos, Chile. And okay. maybe uh, Uruguay players, uh, but like Mexico, Mexico players and uh, Colombia, they don't have way to play on our servers because the ping is way too higher, and it's actually easier for them to play on uh, NA servers. Okay. Uh, even like Mobs, he's from I think Guatemala, right? Uh, the the T1 player Mobs. Uh, and... I'm not sure actually. I think he's. I'll take your word for it. I think he's. Oh yeah, that's not. I thought. I, I thought that was an Argentinian flag. I'm not going to say Oh anything. my God. I think I just said that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought it was an Argentinian flag. Well, well, now we know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's not South America. It's like Central America, but it's yeah. also, there's like some uh, countries in South America. I don't really know which ones, but they, it's easier for them to play on NA servers. And some countries, I think they cannot play on Brazil, neither NA servers. So they don't have a scene, actually. So it's very tough. But. Uh, yeah, we played a lot of uh, players from those countries. Okay. Are there any up and coming like names or teams that you think that we should be keeping an eye on in the next? Like, I know the world's fucked right now, but let's assume it's not going to be <laughs> fucked. I mean, for that did, did get like a, they just played there and qualified, so they flew to Europe to to play the Blast Showdown, right? So there are still chances, I guess, for for teams to show themselves even That's during true. this time. Yeah, hopefully next year they have, they're going to have more opportunities because some some teams they are good but they don't have the opportunity to show themselves and and improve and i, I think that i mentioned like every team that i think they have a potential to to be like a, a international team soon and just one team i did not talk about was like haven liberty they are a very strong team in brazil i think they have a good potential coming up but uh otherwise maybe like most most teams they have they they have rosters that are always changing and they're mixing up and they're being uh, uh getting out players for other teams so it's kind of like a little mess in brazil but those teams are sticking together i think they have a, a good future okay uh any names you said safe before is an orpa you were mentioning a couple there is there any any you want to is there any players that you think uh, going to be standouts, the next big Brazilian star. Who's going to be the guy that you picked up, pick up for your sixth player? For, <laughs> for that, that, that's the name that we want. Yeah, we still do not choose the sixth or seventh player yet, but uh, maybe I, I saw like Detona, Detona in Brazil. They have a, a player, very young one. I think it's called Zevi, and he has also a very strong upper. I think he's a, a very good upcoming talent. And think of my head, I don't really. Because uh, Lato, I said before, yeah, and like the pain players and the players, uh, they are actually playing on A, so they are not like upcoming talents. They are already talents, you know. Like Dumao, he's one of the strongest players in Brazil right now, and he's just on A, so he's, I don't consider him like a, a Brazil player to upcoming talent. 
Sure, that makes sense. Okay, well, uh, where are we at here? I think we can go to the playtime. We have a lot yeah. of questions, so we I wanna, can uh, do I that. I wanted to dive into a bit of free time, so this makes this makes it uh, all perfect. Lucas, get ready to run the bumper. Let's go there. All right, we are back and we are going into playtime now. Playtime, if you're not used to the show, we uh, get to ask a bunch of questions, a bit more off the cuff, a bit more conversational right now. Uh, you would have seen on Twitter earlier today asking questions for art. And one of the things that we'll be doing here is actually giving away uh, a mouse from our sponsor, Extrify. So what oh, we're going to sure, do is, again. yeah, this mouse here, the prof's holding up. Art, we're going to ask Art a bunch of questions from the community and then he can pick which question he liked the most which was the best question for him and the winner of uh, whoever gets picked wins the mouse. So simple as that. So let's start with the questions, Prof. What's the uh, top of the could list? We, could we ask just, we, we didn't finish the hot seat. And the one question that we uh, had yes. there was about, uh, was about the sixth player for, for Furia and uh, overall uh, like six players. And you also have like a guy from the Furia Academy coming or that he arrived already in Serbia. For Can you actually tell us about like, what is, what is the plan with the, with the sixth guy, not the sixth guy, but the Fury Academy player coming over, and then we'll uh, continue forward. Yeah, sure. Uh, Zombie, that's his nickname, Zombie. Uh, I call him Leo. He's like the IGL on the Academy. And I actually talked to him uh, a lot back in NA when I was just practicing. And I also tried to help him and the team to to see things differently or help uh, help them to play better. So I have, to, I have been talking to him for like uh, six months, like a lot. And he's just always like a very willing guy, very, very wanting to learn and to be better. And uh, as we are in Serbia, just practicing, uh, Furia noticed that's a good opportunity to him to come here to actually practice with us and learn more. He's not going to be the sixth player, but he's going to be with us. I think it's uh, four days from now or maybe one week, something like that. It's going to be very soon here. And he's going to just learn from us and maybe we learn from them as well because uh, just another mind thinking and, and talking to is always very good and productive. And about the sixth player, we did not choose yet how we, we, we're going to uh, proceed with that. Uh, it's still in the terms of talking. So, so yeah, yeah, go, bro. I know what you're going to ask anyway. I think the question that Prof and I were both thinking was how, how do you intend to use the sixth player? Is it going to be somebody that you like with Astralis have done it where they've changed a player per tournament? Is it going to be uh, same as G2 kind of what they're doing now or more like vitality where you have somebody who's specialized or coming in for certain maps? Actually, there is a lot of ways to choose that player. Maybe he joins to the former roster and he's uh, get to be one of the players. Maybe he's just like be a, a spare player because we don't know who we're getting and how it's gonna we're gonna proceed with that. Because there's a lot of options and there's no certainty on what's better or what's worse and what's good, what's not. So we're gonna be experimenting with that and depends on which player we get to, to be the sixth player. And but I think it's just generally a good idea to have a six player because it uh, happens a lot to not be able to play one match or one guy is not feeling well. And I have to play some games on official tournaments with fever because we travel a lot to cold countries. And for some reason, sometimes I get like a, a like the throat uh, pain, you know, 
mm. and I always get fever, so I get very sick sometimes, and it's I can just play like that because there's no other option. So I think it's just a good idea generally to have a six player. Okay, so it's just something that uh, you're playing with at the moment. You're gonna wait and see how it all pans out. Uh, let's jump into these questions, Prof. Okay, uh, there's a bunch of like different style, like fully serious, in depth, dumb funny questions, uh, random questions. There's a, I'll start with just like a general one. Well, I think uh, you act as the, the initial filter, anything yeah. that you think is shit, we won't ask. And yeah. then we can <laughs> go from there. Uh, so there's a question, uh, if you were to IGL and EU teams, which players would you have picked to make your Colossus? Ooh. And then <laughs> given his team can't afford to buy simple Zaiwu, Nico, that's it. Those three guys you can't afford, but. Otherwise, you're like bought out by Henry G because he's already given up on the project after four maps. <laughs> like he's building a new lineup. Uh, Alex was a complete failure getting art to in-game lead. You picked like four Europe European players. Four European players. Okay, let me think. I cannot get simple in Zayu. It's no. not available. Too expensive. And okay, Nico okay. also also too expensive. Oh, Nico. Hunter is too expensive or it's okay? Hunter, Hunter is fine. No, Hunter is fine. Uh, Hunter, for sure. Okay. Be one of them. Uh, let me think. I actually look at the names. I like the. I, I like to play with uh, Nivera as well. I think he's a good player. All right. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Hunter, Nivera, Art. That's the three so far. Okay. So yeah. Are you? Do you need like an opper? Are you gonna take on the the oppers? Nivera can also kind of op, so maybe he can fit in like the similar to the Henny style. Yeah, I think he can fit. Uh, no, I, we can get an upper. Maybe Sirson. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Get okay. Upper, you know? Yeah. He's, he's uh, decent with the up, yeah. Yeah, he's actually insane. Caught as well. And last player. So, what do you actually need? Do you need like kind of a support ish, maybe more experienced player for the fifth? Uh, maybe I'll, I would get Alex Sib because uh, I would like to take a break of AGL. And, <laughs> uh, just give to him sometimes, help me out through. Yeah, I think that's a, a dream team. I don't Perfect. think anybody would have expected you to put no. this team together. No. <laughs> but, but Hunter, Sirison, Alexi, and, and Nevera. But it's actually like, it's a team that realistically could be could be yeah. built like it, so it's a pot it, it could be real all right who would you pick as a coach you can have any coach oh any coach hmm. i think that's uh harder than the players oh you said that you cannot play as a player but maybe you want to be our coach henry or shad ah uh, fuck uh yeah sure all go. right yeah i'll i'll coach if you want, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we are a good promise team. Maybe it works out. As long as we're getting paid a lot, that's all that matters, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, there's another question. It says, I don't know if maybe this could be useful to some people. What techniques do you have to avoid getting nervous in a match? I know mm. you're saying you're getting nervous before interviews. I don't know how, <laughs> how nervous you are before matches. Uh, actually, in the matches, when I'm playing the game, I actually don't really feel much pressure or anything like that. I'm just so into the game that I don't really care about anything else. So playing the game is so much easier than doing interviews, I would say. I think I was more nervous to, to do the interview today than to play a tournament. So I think that's just easier for the player when he gets used to it. Uh, there's also a 
not serious question maybe maybe you know the answer as well what's your personal best time of getting from t spawn to ct spawn the the best what uh, your best time like how much how much seconds do, does it take for you to like in the ideal scenario to rush like yes. mid on mirage <laughs> go through the window and get into ct spawn what's the what's your personal best uh personal best i think is maybe 12 seconds <laughs> I think that's my personal best. I think like I've seen you on Vertigo, like running straight through middle into T Sport as well, and you're there within like it's it's like holy shit, how the fuck is he already here? <laughs> and the the, the, the CT is like what what what's going? On? There's there's some crazy some crazy pushes that you've gotten away with. Um, I I've got one. Uh, Art, I need your help. It, it, I need an expert in the field, and I think you're the right man for this. I need you to explain to me the Brazilian memes. What the fuck does it mean when they say come to Brazil? <laughs> come to Brazil. I actually don't know the origin of that uh, the meme. I, I think it's a quite old meme. I, I don't really know the origin of that. It's funny the way, but I don't know the orange. Maybe we should get another experts. <laughs> what about what about the spamming of the K? Like, what is that about? The K spamming? Yeah. So just that's, like that's ha, how ha, we ha. laugh, bro. Okay, that's that's, the, that's your version of ha ha ha. All right. What yeah, else? What else do I need laughing. to know? What else do I need to know about the Brazilian fan base and their memes? Oh, the memes. Maybe uh, Zika. You know Zika? Zika? No. Yes. Uh, it's it's uh, something that like uh, some casters like to do, especially Gaules. Yeah. It's when uh, like the rounds is so easy to win. Like it's uh, it's five versus three, and you say it's impossible to lose. Okay. You're like uh, Zika. You're like Zikando the the round. You were right, like, like you jinxing. know, jinxing. Like oh, okay. Someone just in in chat has said Zika equals jinx. jinx. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, like like if the caster says that is like cursing the round, it means they will lose. Yes, it? Exactly, uh, exactly. We say caster okay. curse. So okay. Right. Energy is an expert. Exactly. On, okay. on <laughs> Brazil, we call it Zika. You're Zikando okay. uh, the round. All right. Uh, they they always call me um, some bad names. Like, is is Safado a bad one? Safado? Yeah, is that a bad one? I see that one getting spammed. Oh, no, no, that's very good. Very that's good. a good one. Okay. Yes, yes, it's very nice to to be Safado. Yeah. All right. What if they? What's the worst thing that the Brazilian fan base could say to me? <laughs> yeah, I want to say the same. I do not even want that you know because they can they can say some very very funny bad stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, what can I say that's nice to the Brazilian fan base? Something nice? Yeah. Mm, if sense. I want them to be on my side, if I want to say like if there was like a like a comment in Brazilian, like is 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 Safado that one? I don't Zafado, know. No, it's not no? Safado. Okay. Uh. Let me think. There's so many of them. I actually don't really think about one exactly. Uh... <laughs> I read in chat. There's some that the most funny ones are not really uh, very good to say on live. Okay. So... <laughs> They're saying Mula, but uh, Mula, yeah, Mula, it's okay. All right. Yeah. All right. We're Mula. learning today. Okay. Um, nice chat. Nice one, chat. We got any other questions there, bro? So there are a question. Uh, in what capacity is Gary working with the team during his ban? Do you expect your performance to increase when he comes back? Uh, actually, the ban only it's for uh, official matches. So 
the only thing he cannot be it's uh, before and after and before and during the matches he cannot be near us and that's has like an impact on our like uh, our atmosphere in the game it but we can work it out like we are trying our best to to make it uh, compensate the Gary absence but after uh, after the match is done he's just uh, working as usual uh there's another question yeah that's a similar one also mentions like your psychologist returned to brazil so you're kind of like working on your own um there's okay. one here that says uh question to art when did you become such an ultra aggro player how often does your style of play actually uh i guess buries your game slash round i don't i, I don't know if he meant I, guess buries it. I guess loses yeah or like puts you in a bad position probably something like that so have you always been an aggressive player art like since you started playing counter-strike yes i think from the beginning because it's just the way i see counter-strike and the way i play it's just the way i think it's best the better one the way to play so i think that just like the way i play and there's nothing much into it i just play like that from the beginning and uh yeah sometimes it loses the round it happens and but it, most of times uh, it it works and that's the reason i still do it and i still gonna be doing it uh, and that's just like it does it become difficult to continue to come up with new new moves like new ways to be aggressive because like players like fur and jw are some of like the most aggressive players we've seen up until you i think you take it to a whole nother level um but like like eventually their moves get like figured out and people know what to expect do, do you always have to come up with new ideas yeah actually i think of new ideas maybe every day because okay. CF has so many uh, different things you can do and different ways you can exploit the game to play aggressive. And I, I think uh, maybe in the future I can run out of ideas, but you just start recycling the old ones because they're they, they're going to be new ones for the team that we're going to be facing because they're yeah. not watching two years old matches or even six old matches. So I think uh, it's never like going to be like a, it's over, you know? It's not going to be like that. Sure. There's a question about that, like uh says... Uh, where where they lose um, before going against against the team, do you study the way they use the map and execute in order to be able to push them and find like a timing, or is it, or do you do it in the moment with instinct? Like how does how does that balance? Yeah, both. Uh, some uh, we actually have different ways of playing and, and studying the game in different maps. There's not like a, a global rule of playing. So there are certain maps that we like to exploit certain certain uh, uh, spots in the map. And if a player is not doing something, he should do. And he if he's not doing, we can go there and take that position or just take that, that endo or just uh, punish the the player. We're gonna abuse that. And a lot of things are just on the on the fly because. Uh, when you're playing, you're going to face different stuff and you're not really know what to expect. It's like a mental battle because you never know if the other team is going to be doing anti-strategy or doing own strategies or just countering or not countering or if they're going to watch your matches or not. So you're just kind of uh, having some things in the air in case you see what's happening, you're going to counter and some things are just on the fly. Uh, there was a <laughs> also a question. Why you picked your username as Art? because the way you play is art itself that's, <laughs> that's the whole question uh actually uh that was not like a really specific reason i think that was, that was just like the the nickname art and i think that's uh, a nice nickname i just started using it uh, and that's all, like a huge history behind it okay just sounded nice yeah that's a, uh, that's an easy one 
where how okay so there's a question oh. do you consider your play style i can hear you it's just me okay. uh-oh Hello? have we lost him i can hear you bro i think we've lost that for some reason i cannot hear anybody oh shit we've lost him again lucas ah, we need you to fix it he's disconnected from peacepeak did he yeah oh yeah i mean he was timed out on peacepeak but his oh. video works so yeah, he's probably gonna be him. back yeah okay well lucas can fix that um, there was a good question that I thought that I had, and now I've lost it again. I keep my brain is not working today. I didn't take my fucking brain pills. Um, uh, I I, I want that. I'm back. But okay. Hey, I have no idea what go. happened, but I'm back. Teamspeak just do doesn't like you, so kicked you out. There's a, a, a just expanding on like your playstyle. There's a question. Says, do you consider your playstyle a line that you won't cross? I guess he's trying to say that something that you will never change. Uh, at some level, his playstyle might work against him since better teams could fairly easily punish this. Like, I guess the the idea of the question is: let's say you come into an into a phase where you don't find success with aggression, for, like for an extended period of time. Would you be like, how would you approach that? Like, would you change the way you you play the game? Right. Oh. Like the the main reason uh, I play like I play it's it's because it works and we win games because of that, and so that's what drives drives me and the team to play like that because we win with with this kind of planning, and I think just like uh, if you see Furia you see or Art or just Furia overall you think about aggressive team that plays aggressive and that's all what they do. But if you actually watch the matches, you can see that many of the matches were not actually playing aggressive. It happens very commonly. But it's very easy to, when you see us losing, to assume that that was the aggressiveness that make us, made us lose. And when you see us winning, uh, you can assume sometimes that uh, the aggressiveness that made us win. And if you watch the games, sometimes uh, both of those things are like untrue. It, it did not happen. Even if you watch our last games, even uh, because I talk with new rosters, we tend to play more regularly, more common CS. We, I was not playing aggressive. I did not make any plays on some maps. Like I was just playing regularly. Uh, if I make a play, it was like once or twice. And it's not something that defines the game or the way we play. And sometimes CS just CS. Maybe sometimes you just not hit one shot and lose the game. Sometimes your your entire plan it's it's spoiled you your plan of playing playing the game is not good enough and there are so many factors that just saying that aggressiveness is one factor to define a game it's uh, something that's untrue in the sense of that's the reason why you lo lose or win i mean it, there's a lot of confirmation bias in cs in general like yeah. if if people think something about someone they're going to always look at that and that's going to be the reason something happened or didn't happen so i understand Completely. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask one about um, uh, Gary, the coach right now, back when I remember seeing you guys coming through as a team, he would always be walking behind you guys back and forth. And he was probably just going over the game plan. But to me, it looked like you all had your eyes closed and you were sitting there. To me, I always had dreamt that he was getting you guys to meditate or something, right? Like, was it was it just the game plan and you're all just trying to center yourself? Is that something that like Gary brought in? Did you learn that from the mental coach? Is it something that you just decided to do as a team? Like, where did that pre-game ritual kind of come from? Yeah, in the beginning, of, like last year, uh, we had a, like a metal coach, that's Bernardo. He's, he works with us. But uh, this year, he's working from Brazil because of the pandemics, and it's very hard to, to be together right now. But uh, there's something we try to implement. I was like meditating for the games. And uh, that actually helps us because 
uh, when you try to to clear your mind of of, of bad thoughts, it actually helps you to to be more uh, reasonable if you're making decisions and just doing stuff. And I think that was just like what happened. And if you, I think if you saw that, it was just like us trying to clear our minds to uh, think straightly and not just thinking bad things. Okay. There was a question uh, says Neymar being one of the owners of Furia. Do you have any cool story about him or things with him? I guess. Uh, actually, we never even met him yet. Him yet. Oh. Uh, yeah. But did you never... play him in CS? Yeah, we play with him uh, sometimes. Yeah, he loves CS. He's like like a uh, passionate about CS, and he plays a lot. Sometimes he plays even more than us. <laughs> so <laughs> that's always uh, and he's a very nice guy as well. So we usually play with him and and uh, friends that uh, are common, and it's always fun. But he's nothing. He's not the owner of Furio or anything like that. He's just like, like a friend for us and like a fan. Well, having Neymar as a fan would be uh, a pretty good thing to have, I imagine. Pretty nice. Pretty <laughs> do we nice. do we have any questions? Any more questions, or should we get uh, Art to help us pick here? I think we he should probably pick at this All right. point. So uh, I know we just threw a lot of questions at you, but is there any of the ones that you just answered that stuck out to you? Uh, I think the the first one. I I don't think that was a question, but I was I found it funny and I like to to say the Portuguese words. Okay, well that that was for me. So what we need, we have to win the mouse. mouse, (laughs) I get the mouse. No, we need we need to make sure we give it to to one of our lovely uh, users, right? So um, what else did we have? We had the the rosters. You're picking the roster. We had the 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 time to despawn, nervousness. We had uh, yeah, most of the other things were about about picking the roster was fun. I like it. That's a good question. Picking the roster, you like that one? All right. Yes. That was who won that. Tarek with a Q. Tarek with a Q. Tarek. Tarek. Probably not the Tarek for me. (laughs) Probably not that guy. Okay. Uh, We'll. I think it was on Twitter. We'll find the question and uh, reach out to him. So. Okay. So if that individual is watching, congratulations. If not, and you're listening to this later, congratulations. We'll reach out. We'll get that mouse to you. We'll work it all out. That's thanks to Extrafy and thanks to Art for taking that one. Um, So we are almost at the end of the show right here. And what I've been doing lately, Art, with all the guests that are coming on, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the Counter-Strike world. You know, you've got your fans out there. Maybe there's misconceptions. Maybe you just want to say something nice. Maybe you want to say something mean. But right now, I'm going to give you the floor to say whatever you want in any language you want. You can do it in multiple languages um, before we close (laughs) down the show. Yes, multiple languages, I would say. First, I would like to to thank you guys for the the space here. Uh, In the last year or two years, I uh, have been uh, greatly uh, like the community of international community in English. They have been like a great support for, for us and myself as well. And I would like to thank everybody that's uh, supporting me and just commenting and just being a part of the the, the community, not just Brazilian players, as, uh, people as well, but also international uh, fan base. And I always appreciate that and I love to see it. And so I want to thank the community of international people like everybody else, not Brazilian ones. And also you guys for the, the space here, because I, I would love to to speak out of international places because it's always fun to do that and I love it. So I think that English part is over. I would like to say something <laughs> in Portuguese now. Yeah, for it. Então, falei da rapaziada dos americanos agora, dos gringos e tal, para agradecer eles da, da torcida, do apoio. Mas é especialmente para vocês também, né? O brasileiro é quem, quem 
quem mais tem influência na nossa vida é o povo que a gente joga para representar aqui fora, então vocês têm um carinho especial no nosso coração sempre, principalmente no meu, né? Então, só queria agradecer vocês pelo, por estar acompanhando a live aí, né? Samuel também, por estar traduzindo no chat ao vivo, fazendo mais do que o trabalho dele aí, que não é só fazer meme, né? Para quem vê, ele também é tradutor. Então, rapaziada, só isso mesmo. É, agora a parada é voltar a treinar, voltar a jogar campeonato, porque é da hora fazer entrevista e tal, mas o nosso foco aqui é parado, tentar ser o melhor time possível, tentar evoluir sempre, jogar os torneios e ganhar tudo, é o nosso foco. Então, fechando a live aqui, eu tenho, tenho treino daqui a pouco, daqui a três minutos tenho treino. Então é isso, rapaziada, valeu para todo mundo que, que apoiou a gente, tá nas derrotas agora recentemente, tem muita gente que apoiou, embora teve muita gente também que deu hate, mas tudo bem, eu tô acostumado, pode mandar hate, não tem problema não, pode vir. E é isso, rapaziada, tamo junto, e dá risada e faz meme, é isso mesmo, e é nóis, molecada, valeu, um abraço. This uh, brought me back to like uh, the SK LG guys winning every event, and then after it, there was like falling and taking the microphone for like five minutes, just like saying thousand things super fast in, in Brazilian Portuguese. <laughs> it looks good. There's lots of love hearts in the chat. Yeah, people like it. Like we have an uh, unreasonable amount of like Portuguese Brazilian people in the chat. So, uh, that's good. Like talking Portuguese is always like a I don't know why, but I think it's like an emotional thing. I like get, get nervous and I start to stutter and I get very I think I think the community is super passionate and it that uh, comes into myself as well because I feel that and it's just a great feeling of feeling like the warmth. I don't know how to say that. Oh. Uh, I I love it. No, I, I know what you're talking about, man. That feeling, like, especially because it's like it, it, they're your people. You're like the same countrymen, right? Like these are people who are enjoying what you do and they're people that you can relate to on, on a lot of different levels, right? So there's always going to be that connection. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank you for being here today uh, and, and talking to us through Furia and all things Counter-Strike. It's, it's been a good one. And uh, we're going to be closing this one down, guys. So Striker wasn't with us today. He's off doing some other bits and bobs. Um, We did have a you know a couple of tech issues, but we got past it. We made it work, and we've we've had a good time. So thanks again to for, to Art to joining us for joining us. Fuck, I can't speak for <laughs> joining us at the HLTV confirmed for episode 16. Uh, we're going to be back next Monday. We're going to be back at the same time. That'll be 3 p.m. CET. Uh, guest is not confirmed just yet. We'll be working on that one. I think Striker will be back with us. But as always, you can find the rebroadcast rebroadcast of this one tonight on Twitch at 8 p.m. Uh, we have anchor.fm slash HLTV. That's got all the audio stuff for the, the audio listeners. Uh, and yeah, just continue to try and be nice humans. Smile like Vinny. That's the way we're going to leave this one. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>